Good afternoon, sports fans. Welcome to the stadium at British Columbia Place. Today, the Toronto Argonauts will battle the BC Lions for the 1983 Canadian Professional Football Championship. The Grey Cup. victorious in their only previous appearance, the Lions winners in 8 of 9 under the dome. Next, you'll meet the play-by-play -play commentators. Great Cup 83 continues in a moment. The stadium at BC Place, Vancouver. We are live. It's now 24 minutes to the kickoff. As is tradition, commentators from Canada's two football networks share the responsibilities at Great Cup time. And at the play-by-play -play microphones this afternoon, Pat Marsden of CTV and Don Whitman of the CBC. Gentlemen, Thank you, John, and it's a pleasure to again be sharing the play-by-play -play microphone with my old pal, Pat. And Pat, this afternoon, as in the past, in other Grey Cup games, the success of either team is going to revolve around that quarterbacking position. Well, that's absolutely correct, Whit, but you know what? I'm so excited just to be in this magnificent structure and warm that the and football <laughs> game is kind of secondary to this moment. But, boy, I have really looked forward to, first of all, sharing the microphone with you, then to see the two best football teams in Canada getting set to perform. And if Conrad Holloway doesn't come up with a very big game this afternoon, I'll be the most surprised guy in the park. He's a veteran, can move so well, you know, just has great confidence, has great receivers to throw to, can throw to Cedric Miller coming out of the backfield. In other words, he's the exact guy that you want in a pressure-packed situation like this. Now I'm not sure that the same can be said across the field. Well, I think all the pressure is on Roy DeWalt this year because he had a 62% completion record, but playing before a hometown crowd, coming into a game where he has been established, he and his teammates, as the favorite in this game. He's now, DeWalt had some problems last week against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that Western Championship. He started very slowly, then he got hot in the second half. And the combination of DeWald and Mervyn Fernandez destroyed the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and gained the Lions a spot in today's game. But you know what? We have to be honest about it. Roy DeWald is making his first ever appearance in a great cup game. That is not the case with Conrad Holloway. And speaking with Connie... There's another the interesting game, point, too, that Joe Barnes, should Holloway fall, Barnes can come in. He has previous great cup experience as a starter. The same can't be said for Joe Papa. But I'll tell you what can be said. These are the two best teams in Canada. There's no, no question. question about it. But this also has to be said. Toronto beat them twice in two games this year. The only team to win under the dome in 11 games. <laughs> I'll tell you, it should be a classic. Right now, let's go to Brian Williams. All right, Pat. One year ago, the Toronto Argonauts were a nervous football team. They had two problems, the Edmonton Eskimos and a lack of experience. Well, Edmonton is gone this year, and yes, they have experience. 
quarterback Condrich Holloway was out here a few minutes ago. He is confident. He says, let's get to it. Let's go. We are going to end 29 years of frustration this afternoon. The Grey Cup is going to Toronto. Also very, very confident today is the normally relaxed and laid-back head coach Bob Obilovich. He is pumped eight miles high, says the crowd will not be a factor. Right now to the BC Lions bench for a view from the west, here is Al McCann. Well, thank you, Brian. I will be patrolling the West Bench, the British Columbia Lions bench. And are they a fired-up team, too? It's been a long dry spell, you know, since 1964. And there's no doubt the Argo defenders are going to have to stop that combination. And I'm referring to the combination that destroyed the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Roy DeWalt throwing bombs to Swervin Mervin Fernandez. Three touchdowns last Sunday. The second hat trick for Mervin. And he'll be the man the Argonauts must stop today. And what a story. Don Matthews, seven years in the CFL, his seventh consecutive Grey Cup, and he's gunning for his sixth consecutive Grey Cup victory. Believe me, he's going to be ready, too. Let's go back to John Wells. Uh, anxious moments for all in their final preparations for this championship game. The officials' dressing room beneath the stands at BC Place. Today's crew shares 24 years of Grey Cup experience. For referee Lorne Woods of Ottawa, this is his seventh Grey Cup assignment. Headlinesman David Yule of Calgary has been here just once before. For line judge Raymond Steen of Edmonton, this will be his very first Grey Cup. They are ready for Grey Cup 83. The officials downstairs. A first time feeling for some, but great experience there. The field judge, Jack DeCare, in his fifth Grey Cup. The back judge, Gordon Johnson. Standby referees this afternoon, John Ireland, the standby official, is Lawrence Rohan, his first ever Grey Cup. It's a first time feeling for the BC Lions, many of them as well, in their red dressing room just down the hall. The surroundings may be familiar, but the mood, the feeling is quite different. The Lions in their biggest game of the season, and now to the Argos dressing room. They were here for the big one last year, but they didn't win. And now they have a little more experience to fall back on. All thoughts in the Lion dressing room and in the Argo dressing room at this moment. A little bit pensive. The Argos, the BC Lions. Dunbar, he's getting them ready to go on the field. And one thing's for sure, they've got to get ready physically before they'll ever make a first down. Now, you know there's only three seasons in football, in professional football, and that's the exhibition season, the regular season, and the playoff season, and only one really counts. And I'm talking about the playoff season, and if you want to extend that, only one game really counts, and that's the Grey Cup game. Now, every year, each team starts the season with hopes and anticipations of being in this Grey Cup game. Many are called, but few are chosen. The two teams today, the Argonauts, it's been over 30 years since they drank out of that cup. As far as the BC Lions is concerned, close to 20 years. One thing's for sure, it's great to get here, but you've got to come home a winner once you get here, and I should know that. All right, let's go to Leif Pedersen now from CTV. He's played in this game. Thanks, Coach. I'm sure you'll agree that the mental approach of each player in a game of this magnitude is probably the most important aspect of their preparation. There's no question both teams on the field today have the physical skills. So what it really boils down to is which players can execute their assignments with the least amount of mental mistakes. Getting mentally ready to play is something that cannot be done on game day. You have to start early in the week. And I remember when I was getting ready for a big game, each spare minute I had, 
I would seclude myself, close my eyes, and picture the fast patterns I'd be running in that game. And of course, from the films I'd watched of my opponents, I could visualize the defenses they would use, and then visualize the adjustments I'd have to make to them. You know, I could always see myself making the big play for the big catch. What that would do would implant a positive reinforcement in my mind over and over again. So as game day drew closer, the reactions I'd have to make would become instinctive for me. And then all I had to do was let the physical part take over. Certainly not all the players on the field today will do what worked for me, but you can be sure they've done some form of mental conditioning throughout the week. The coaches can't do it for them. They have to do that themselves. It's called being a pro. Pat and Don, we'll see shortly which team's done the better job. Great stuff, Leif. Really it is. And you know, those guys have to be so excited right now. We saw them with their head bowed, but the adrenaline has just got to be pumping fiercely. But you know, watching them come out for their pre-game warm-up, some of them were out in the field two hours before they actually had to be there. They were ready. They were prancing. They were running around, getting loose. They didn't have to do the calisthenics at 2 o'clock when they came out on the field. You know, there's something we should mention. Louis Pasaglia has had a tremendous year. And if it ever came down to a final play, boy, he'd be the guy that you'd want hoofing it for you. You know what a lot of people don't realize is what a tremendous athlete Lou actually is when he played college football at Simon Fraser. He has been primarily a punter and a place kicker with the BC Lions because he does it so well. As a matter of fact, he might just be the best at that particular role in the Canadian Football League. But he does that so well, so people really don't appreciate what a great athlete he is. He could be the unsung hero this afternoon. You know, there's so many people you could pinpoint and say, boy, this could happen, that could happen. I just hope that it's a good football game and that both clubs know that they've played as well as they could possibly play, and whoever wins it... They won't know. have any excuses about weather or playing conditions. Let's go to John Wells. No question, a very impressive cast of commentators for our Grey Cup telecast this afternoon. This is Grey Cup 83 from Vancouver. Well, we're back once again, and joining us now is the little general, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Ronnie Lancaster, and our old Padna. What a lineman he was, Frank Rigney. Give us your thoughts about the game, fellas. Well, I really believe that the Toronto Argonauts may, this may be their year, Pat. I, I think they've got the best football team in the country, but I'll tell you this, as you said earlier, they are the two best. They're, and they make no mistake about it, there's not that much to choose from in this club, Rick. What do you think? Well, Ron, I hate to agree with a quarterback, <laughs> but I really do believe that the uh, Toronto Argonauts offensively have been a much more consistent football club. The BC Lions have lived on turnovers and the big play, as we've talked about throughout the course of the week. They, of course, set a Canadian Football League record for the uh, most interceptions during the course of one year. If they can come up with those turnovers, maybe they can do it. But I tend to agree with you, Ron. I favor the Toronto Argonauts because they're more consistent when they have the football. Okay, Pat and I talked about the quarterbacking situation with both teams. Frank is a Lineman. Let's discuss the line play, the offensive line. Well, I think that the BC Lions have a good offensive line, but I don't think they're able to dominate a, a football club like Toronto. If you look on the other side of the ball, defensively, both of these ball clubs play it fairly straight up. They do not do a lot of blitzing, but I think there is one major weakness as far as the Lions are concerned. That's at the linebacking position. They are not healthy at all. Only Kevin Konar is a healthy linebacker, really, for the Lions. So I think you'll see six or seven defensive backs in there for the BC Lions quite often. Well, Ronnie, I'll tell you, BC starting two import running backs. That must tell us that they're going to run the ball a little bit. Well, I heard him say they got to run the football to establish their game plan, keep the ball away from the Toronto Argonauts. That's what they want to do. And if they want to run it, they got the two guys to do it. All right, let's meet the people who are going to be playing this great, great football game. The players on both the Toronto Argonauts and the British Columbia Lions. 
And now, introducing the starting defensive lineup of the Eastern Champions, l'unité défensive des champions de l'Est de Toronto Argonauts. Left hand, Eddie à gauche, numéro 76, number 76, Rick Moore. Left tackle, plaqueur à gauche, numéro 58, number 58, Earl Wilson. Right tackle, plaqueur à droite, numéro 61, number 61, Franklin King. Left end, Eddie à droite, numéro 74, number 74, James Curry. Linebacker, secondaire, numéro 36, number 36, Don Moore. Linebacker, secondaire, numéro 39, number 39, William Mitchell. Linebacker, secondaire numéro 72, number 72, Daryl Nicholson. Cornerback, demi de coin numéro 4, number 4, Leroy Paul. Cornerback, demi de coin numéro 21, number 21, Marshall Street. <laughs> Defensive halfback, demi de surtout numéro 13, number 13, Daryl Wilson. Defensive halfback, demi de sûreté numéro 2, number 2, Carl Bresler. Safety, maraudeur numéro 24, number 24, Ken McEachern. The head coach, l'entraîneur-chef, Bob Ovalovich. Ses adjoints, the assistant coaches, and the rest of the Toronto Argonaut players, et tous les autres joueurs des Argonauts. And now... Introducing the starting offensive lineup of the Western Champions, Lafayette de Chocolat to the BC Lions. Le centre, center, number 52, numéro 52, Al Wilson. Left guard, 
Garde à gauche, numéro 65, number 65, Gerald Roper. Right guard, garde à droite, numéro 54, number 54, Glenn Lehonard. Left tackle, blocker à gauche, numéro 63, number 63, Ron Swafford. Right tackle, blocker à droite, numéro 68, number 68, John Blaine. Slot back. Demi-inséré numéro 71, number 71, Jacques Chatelaine. Slotback, demi-inséré, numéro 21, number 21, John Pancras. Wide receiver, Elias Spassi, numéro 3, number 3, Mark Debris. Wide receiver, Elias Spassi, numéro 24, number 24, Mervyn Fernandez. Demi, numéro 34, number 34, Ray Strong. Running back, le demi, numéro 20, number 20, John Henry White. center field are the captains, Cedric Minter and Dan Perrault. And for the BC Lions, co-captains Roy DeWalt, Al Wilson, Glenn Jackson, Joe Pow Pow, and Louis Pasaglia.
Gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves, please? The Argonauts have won the coin toss, and the referee is now signaling that Toronto team has elected to receive, and the BC Lions elected to defend the East End. Carol Baker, Canada's First Lady of Country Music and a three-time Juno Award winner, will sing the national anthem this afternoon. Escorted to midfield by David Holtzman, an assistant with Expo 86. Truly a great moment for the Canadian Football League. television audience in the history of the medium in this country and we're delighted to have you with us we think you're going to enjoy what should turn out to be a great football game guys let's go get them well i tell you pat i'm looking forward to this one under the dome weather conditions will not be a factor both teams eager to get this game started how about it frank should be a beauty <laughs> i'm glad we're up here <laughs> tell you what the noise level is something else here at bc place the fans well, they know the BC Lions are the favorite team here. All right, let's set it up for you. That is Louis Pasaglia. 
undoubtedly the top kicker in the Canadian Football League this year. And standing back at the five-yard line are Jeff Townsend and Carl Brasley. Both can fly. Townsend, a Canadian boy from the Toronto area, he has blinding speed. This is Brasley from his four-yard line. is out over the 40 to the 42-yard line, and let's set up that Toronto Argonaut offense for you. This is the way they will line up. Conrad Holloway will be the quarterback for the Argos, has the fewest interceptions in the CFL. Cedric Minter will get most of the load running the football, and these are the great receivers led by Terry Greer, who set two CFL records this year. Offensively on the line, tell us about him, Lee. Well, Tony Atunovic starting at the center. They've got two excellent tackles in Tom Crepo and Don Melanoski. I think they'll do a good job giving Holloway that protection. Luke, one thing about this ball club, Conrad Holloway buys an awful lot of time for himself. Even if the block he does break down, he has not got a great rushing statistic, but he buys that time to throw the football. Very, very important factor. Well, he sure does, Frank. So many quarterbacks in the league able to do so. I think, on the other hand, Roy DeWald is able to do that as well for the BC Lions. From the 40 three-yard line is where the Argonauts will start. They set up the screen, but the intended receiver was knocked down. Rick Plasson was the one who applied the pressure, but let's look at that defensive unit of the British Columbia Lions. Well, they go with Mac Moore, who led them in quarterback sacks this year, 78 and 79. Reuben Vaughn at the two defensive tackle spots with Brent Reset and Rick Klassen, a couple of Canadians at the end position. It is second and 10, Toronto, from the 43. This one is picked out by Larry Crawford. initial series. You know, Conrad Holloway doesn't throw out a lot of interceptions, but boy, they got some ball hawks in that secondary. Chief, as Pat has mentioned, he's the experienced quarterback, but he looked nervous throwing that first one. He sure did, as the Lions start from the Toronto 53-yard line. DeWalt's first pass is no good, looking for Ray Strong coming out of the backfield. I tell you what, Roy DeWalt looked a little nervous on that throw, too. Very tentative in his release to Ray Strong. You know, Pat, we should cover one point when uh, the BC Lions get on defense again. They have only one really healthy linebacker. We talked that, about that briefly before. They are bringing in seven defensive backs on passing situations. I think the Argonauts will do that once in a while themselves. Well, let's see what DeWalt does on second and ten from the Toronto 53. Fires over the head of Mark DeBrees, the intended receiver. And again, DeWalt looked a little bit shaky on that delivery. I think we talked about the front organized playing a very standard defense, not firing a lot of linebackers. They came with only their front four that time, and I anticipate they'll do that quite often until 
they get picked apart at least. Well, they've been very conservative in the last few games of the season, Frank, relying on that front four to apply pressure. Of course, that time, Roy DeWald had plenty of time to throw. Just a bad pass. They're not booing. They're saying Lou because Basaglia is in the punt on third and ten with Cedric Minter and Carl Brasley back to return it. He angles it toward the sideline. And it goes out of bounds, and we will wait for the placement. They'll spot it around the 18-yard line, and that's where the Argos will take over. They were fortunate after the interception that BC was unable to move the football. All right, let's take a look at that defensive unit of the British Columbia Lions. This is the way they'll line up. We mentioned that it's Vaughn and Moore at the tackle spots. The linebacking core, this is what Riggs was telling us about. Because of the injuries, there's been a real reshuffling of the alignment. And there's the secondary. Toronto first down at their 18-yard line. This is Cedric Minter. And Minter did a good job to duck underneath the initial intended tackler and get out to about the 23-yard line. Glenn Jackson was there to bring him down, number 37. Just a great job they did on Mac Moore there, who's been the outstanding defensive tackle on the inside for the BC Lions. I think he put as, put as good a pressure as any interior lineman leap. Pickup was six yards at his second and four. Holloway's pass is complete to Colbert. He has the first down to the 32-yard line. Mel Bird was there to bring him down, number 10. That's the first first down of the football game, and it comes via the aerial route, Holloway to Tolbert. Well, I'll tell you, that's a good play selection by Holloway right there. He knows BC is going to be in that zone coverage. They're afraid of Terry Greer and Tolbert. He floods the area. Tolbert makes the catch. He picked up that initial first down. Toronto has possession at their 33-yard line. to Talbert, but the ball hit the ground first. Rick Klassen applied good pressure for the Lions. And you know, the important thing he did, Pat, when he came in there, he kept that leverage so that Holloway had to step up to the inside. They do not want to let Conrad get out. Well, he sure is that extra dimension that the Argonaut offense has. If things are disrupted downfield, his ability to scramble and run with the football is exceptional. JoJo Heath and Kerry Parker are the corners. If they were going to pick on anybody, it would be Heath. The pass is caught by Palisetti. And the big fullback has the first down, crossing the 45 to the 47. Nelson Martin, the Seneca College graduate, was there to bring him down. I'll tell you what, John Palazzetti does not handle the football too often, but they had man-to-man -man coverage. Cedric Mentor picked off his man trying to cover Palazzetti. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's an easy first down when you can pick that guy covering you. Hey, he was blocking the line while the ball was still in the air. Boy, no question about that. The gain was 14 yards, making first down Toronto at their 46-and-a-half-yard line. Holloway looking for Paul Pearson, but when he was high in the air, Nelson Martin came through and upended him. Again, Rick Klassen with pretty good pressure on the Toronto quarterback. We've played four and a half minutes of this opening quarter. There is still no score. Both offenses looking just slightly jittery. 
Jan Carinci goes into the ball game in place of John Palazzetti. And trouble for the PC Lions. The partially injured Glenn Jackson, the outstanding star for the last seven or eight years of the PC Lions, is hurt once again. They've been very concerned about that. And Pat, we made the point already. They've really got a weakness in that linebacking spot. McNeil's going to come in to replace him, but he's hurt coming into this ball game as well. McNeil, of course, was the middle linebacker who was banged up after that victory over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last year, last uh, weekend. And so he comes in and he'll play the middle now. And Kevin Konar will move outside. I tell you, every second and long, they've been bringing in that extra defensive back. This time they have it. Let's see if they come with the blitz. Second and ten, Toronto. down at the Toronto 51-yard line. Kunar just did an outstanding job on that play. I think they had a little bit of a delay pattern on the right side. I believe it was Minder stepping up there. Holloway wanted to try and find him, but Kev's not only stayed home, but got in on the tackle after covering him. Boy, he did. And, you know, Frank, when Holloway had a run, once again, like you mentioned, he had a run up the middle. That's where he's going to fight a heck of a lot of tacklers in a hurry. They're to let him outside. Oh, you're not kidding. Larry Crawford is the only man back for the Lions. He stands at his five-yard line as Hank Kalisic is punting for Toronto. High twisting spiral that Crawford takes at his 13. Well, he almost slipped through there, but was brought down at the 18-yard line. That's where the Lions will have the ball when we come back. Our telecast of Grey Cup 83 resumes in a moment. That's Don Matthews, the head coach of the BC Lions, and he's got a tremendous amount of pressure on his mind today. His three sons were involved in a car accident last night. Two of them are in hospital here in Vancouver. Well, there's Roy DeWald who brings his BC Lions up over the ball at the British Columbia 18-yard line. And they're going to run the football, giving it to Ray Strong. And Strong gets maybe to the 20-yard line for a pickup of a couple. Let's take a look at that receiving brigade of the British Columbia Lions. And there are some great ones there, led by Swervin Mervin Fernandez. Three touchdowns last week against Winnipeg. He can break it at any time. Al Wilson anchors that fine offensive line. So it is second and eight. The wall puts it in there to Fernandez for a first down at the 30-yard line. William Mitchell, number 39, the linebacker, made the hit. Highlight. Well, Mervin Fernandez, what a dangerous receiver he is. Toronto, not double coverage or anything, just back in a simple zone coverage. And I tell you, a fellow of his ability can read those open seams. Good delivery that time by Roy DeWalt. Green kind of laid off him a first distance late. Boy, he sure did. It is first down. BC at their 31-yard line. The pass is complete to John Henry White. And White is brought down by William Mitchell, but it's another British Columbia first down at their 44-yard line. A great Argonaut linebacker, William Mitchell, on that side providing the defense, but that's what you want to do. Get those backs out of that backfield against the linebackers. Pickup was 13 yards. It is first down. British Columbia at their 44. 
And now both teams seeming to get into the flow of the game. Here comes the blitz. And DeWald unloads it to Fernandez one-on-one -on -one with Green. Green did a very good job to bring him down. First down, B.C. I'll tell you what, Pat, if Marcellus Green is going to give Fernandez that amount of room, they'll be able to go down the field using that pattern on every play. Green is giving him 10, 12 yards from that line of scrimmage. He's a little scared of him. Three for five in passing as we take a look at Fernandez against Green. Sorry we can't get our telescreener working because it sure had big pressure against BC quarterback that time, DeWalt. The ball Seven is, Argonauts coming in there. Ball is up the Toronto 50-yard line. First down, Lions. And on the draw, they give it to Ray Strong. A flag comes down as Richard Moore and Nicholson combined on the tackle. It's going to be a holding call against the Lions, I'm sure. So referee Lauren Woods brings it back to the BC 50-yard line. Holding. BC 54. First down repeated. That's the right offensive guard, Glenn Leonard, number 54. So it's first and 20, British Columbia, back at their 50-yard line. We've played exactly eight minutes of this football game. It is scoreless. And DeWald is sacked by Richard Moore. And in there, too, was James Curry, the defensive end. The two ends just sandwiched them. You know, Pat, the Argonauts were last in the league in quarterback sacks this year. They have to change up. They came with the blitz that time. Got excellent pressure on Roy to welcome up with the sack. That was simply man-to-man. -man. They beat both of the big offensive tackles of the Lions. So it'll be second down, 32 yards to go. The ball at the British Columbia, 38. to Strong, but he is brought down as he gets to the 42-yard line by William Mitchell, number 39, Franklin King, put good pressure on the B.C. quarterback. The Argo defense, which is the most improved part of their ball club, looks like this. Moore and Curry are the two ends with Wilson and King at the tackle spots. They're the fine linebackers when they use the three linebackers, but they do bring in that sixth back. And there is that secondary of the Argos as Louis Pasaglia will be punting. Boy, that penalty so critical, Frank. It appeared as though the Lions were moving. Now they have to give it up. We're going to no flag. Braisley with the return is forced out at the 33-yard line. There was no question that Jan Carinci ran into the B.C. kicker. You can hear the reaction of the crowd. Still scoreless. Grey Cup 83 from BC Place returns in a moment. This would be a tremendous loss to the BC Lions. Lupus Sagley is being worked on at the sidelines. This is why. Just a tremendous effort to control that football, but he was certainly hit while his foot was still in the air. Yeah, that was number 27, Jan Carinci, who came in and got the shot on Pasaglia, but he appears so he's all right. So the Argos will start now from their 33-yard line. We have played nine and a half minutes of this scoreless first quarter. 
And Terry Greer is flanked out against JoJo Heath. They put the trips out on that side. And going deep for Colbert just off his fingertips. Mac Moore had tremendous pressure on Conrad Holloway. Well, there you get a look. Emmanuel Tolbert breaking free downfield. Unfortunately, Holloway overthrew him. I think that was the planned play, faking that quick screen to Townsend. And boy, Tolbert, he was in behind that coverage. So it goes as an incompleted pass and brings up second and 10. Toronto at their 33-yard line. Look at that. Only five interceptions for Conrad Holloway this past season. They set the screen up. And this is Metter. Metter crosses the 40 to about the 43-yard line, and they'll be very close to a first down. Brian? And as a team, the Argos were very low in quarterback sacks. Defensive end Rick Moore, have you changed anything today? No, we're playing our state you know, on defense right now. This is for all the marbles, Ryan, and, and we know what it's worth to us, and we're just playing like we've never played before. It's the last game of the year for everybody, and uh, we're just going for it. Hi, Mom. Well, they have brought the chains out, and you see that the Argos are the better part of a yard short. It brings up third down, and they will not gamble on their side of midfield as Hank Alisic and the punting unit goes in. Rough Rider Pride, there's your friend. That's my old pal, the flame there. I love when he shoots his head off for that cannon. <laughs> there. That's all right. You'll end up with a haircut like yours, Pat. I think, doing a, that. I think there's a lot of people in Vancouver been doing that this week. <laughs> Hank Olesic will be booting to Crawford and Heath to await back at the 25 and 20-yard lines, respectively. This one is sky high. And Crawford takes it at the 24. Gets out over the 30 to about the 31 or 32-yard line. A swarm of Argos down there. Steve Delcol among them, number 75. And the Lions, who had problems their last series of downs because of a holding penalty and then the sack take over. You can see that both defenses are dominating the opening part of this ball game. Just 42 yards for Toronto, 35 for the Lions. We've got four minutes and five seconds left to play in this opening scoreless first quarter. Go all to John Henry White. And White is over the 35 to about the 39-yard line. Darrell Wilson, number 13, was there to bring him down. I think you're going to see Roy Duall do a lot of that this afternoon. If the Argonauts are going to play conservatively on defense and just drop those linebackers, you've got to throw to those backs coming out of the backfield, and you're picking up good yardage on first down. He got seven that time. Glenn Leonard appeared to be shaken up, but he stays in the ball game at right guard on this second and three. This is Ray Strong. He has the first down, and Strong is up very close to midfield. The slashing running of Ray Strong, the newcomer who has only played the last five or six games. What a great move to the outside right at the line of scrimmage. Watch this. Well, they had number 74, James Curry pinching down, and Ray Strong read that, broke it outside. Very similar to the type of running that James Sykes was successful with against the Lions in the 
Western final. First down. Outside. From the 54-yard line, DeWalt's pass is caught by Fernandez. He is hit immediately by Marcella Screen, and he is within inches of another BC first down. Leith are trying to double cover Fernandez, but not doing it very successfully so far. Daryl Wilson underneath him is quite far off. DeWalt flips that ball over his head. I'll tell you what, there's nothing difficult about that. If the Argonaut defense is going to allow Fernandez to do that, as I said earlier, they could just move down the field. They look like they're more concerned about him going deep and letting him have those 10, 12-yard out patterns. Well, let me tell you, if I watch that game, Phil, from last week, I might be <laughs> concerned about that, too. Good point. Roy DeWalt came over and saw that the Lions are just inches short of the first down. He's been good on six of eight passes so far in this opening quarter. Now, here's a great situation. Second and short yardage. Of course, Roy DeWalt can do almost anything on this play. Maybe we can look for a little deception with that deep pass to Fernandez. Well, they bring the short yardage offense in. Warner Miles and Dennis Waven. On second and just inches to go with the ball inside the Toronto 46-yard line. 2.16 left to play in this opening first quarter, and it is scoreless. Waist down. And he's got him too. If the ball is there. Seven. 
The screen is set up for Terry Greer. And Greer gets out <laughs> over the 35, and the big block there was by Conrad Holloway to allow him to reverse his field. How about that for a hit? He went all the way to the other side of the field. Well, this isn't the way it was drawn up, I'm sure, but he does pick up over nine yards. Excellent job defensively by the Lions uh, where the ball was supposed to go. Oh, you know, it's interesting. It just shows the talents of the players on the field today. Mervin Fernandez on that great touchdown. And Terry Greer there really should have lost yardage. He ends up making a little better than nine yards on that play. The ball is right at the 36-yard line of the Argonauts. They are second and about a half yard to go. The give is to Metter. Metter will have the first down. Well, that quiets the crowd momentarily, but this place just exploded with a cacophony sound with that great, great pass from Roy DeWalt. Let's take a look at it one more time because it was just such a magnificent throw by Roy DeWalt and a letter-perfect catch. Well, that's the, what happens when you get those second and short situations. You can do so many things. The Lions really took advantage. First down, Toronto at their 38-yard line. Holloway's pass is caught inbounds by Jeff Townsend at the Toronto 54-yard line. Jojo Heath. got there just in time. Jojo Heath was very close to coming over and knocking that down or picking it off. Charles once again bought some time for himself by rolling out to the left. And Heath is just momentarily shaken up on the play. The pickup was 17 yards. You know, uh, Pat Ricks, the Argonauts really have an interesting offensive philosophy. Most teams and teams I was with used to look at defenses and analyze them and try and exploit the areas that they felt those defenses were vulnerable. The Argonauts, on the other hand, say, listen, we've got a diversified offense. I'm not going to worry about what the defense does. You've got to try and stop us. You know, another thing, Frank, if I was the B.C. defensive coordinator, that's the guy right there I'd want to have to beat me is number 30, Jeff Townsend. Let's stop Terry Greer, Cedric Minner, and Tolbert. Make them beat us with Pearson and Townsend. Maybe that's what the Argonauts are going to have to do. Billy McBride will come in to replace JoJo Heath on the right corner of that British Columbia defense. Let's see now if Holloway will try to test him early. And this should be the final play of the opening quarter. This is Metter. Metter crosses into British Columbia territory where Mac Moore, number 78, brings him down after a pickup of two or three. So we have come to the end of the first quarter of play. British Columbia out in front of Toronto, 7-0. Grey Cup 83 continues after this. Here's to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple with casual clothing and footwear from Marks. We are live from BC Place and what a facility it is. Every city should have one of these. Let's hope they get one in Toronto at least. 
We are about to start the second quarter of play, and the situation is second and eight. Argos at the BC 54. And Holloway is set by Brent Reset and Ruben Bond. Well, let's take a look and show you what happened in the first half. Our copious stats indicate that the Lions on that 46-yard touchdown strike have really jumped out in front in the statistical department, 113 yards to 71. But far more important, they lead on the scoreboard 7-0. Once again, the BC Lions just playing a very straight defense, bringing their front four, not shooting linebackers, whatever, but they were able to put the pressure on Holloway. But, Leaf, I really think... The credit for that on that particular play was because of the defensive backs. They just had everybody covered. Conrad's had nowhere to go with the football. Well, they're a very active group. They've got a lot of speed in that secondary. But, you know, as we see Brent Reset being attended to on the field, I think it's interesting. Talk around the town so much this week about Toronto being the favorite in this game. Boy, BC Lions have come out storming. The interesting part about that point, Leaf, is that the betting line apparently favored the BC Lions by three points, but almost the entire media has picked the Toronto Argonauts. That may be bad luck for them. Brent Reset walks off the field, and he is a former Toronto Argonaut. They are jammed in here at BC Place. Every seat, of course, has been sold. And on that play, I'm not sure that Conrad Holloway wasn't shaken up a little bit as he talks to the training staff on the Argo sidelines as Jojo Heath and Larry Crawford drop back to receive this punt from Hank Alyssa. Boy, he hangs it high. This is Heath at his 17-yard line. And he gets to about the 19, not much further. Daryl Nicholson was first down, number 72, to make the tackle. Joe Barnes is warming up on the sideline, so you may well be right, Pat. Although Holloway is right up talking to Bob Ovilovich, his head coach. There's Joe on the sideline trying to get that arm loose. Well, there's no question about it that the Argos don't suffer that much when Barnes comes into the ball game. But let's watch the Lions now, who begin from their 20-yard line, leading it 7-0. The Walt to Fernandez, but it just bounced off his fingertips. Trying to set up that flanker screen. Uh, the Argos used so successfully with Terry Greer, but Fernandez forgot to catch it. You could probably remember that play also from the Western semifinal when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers just ate up the Edmonton Eskimos with a play very similar to that. But I tell you, it's such a quick play. All you need is just a partial block with one of these fleet-footed wide receivers, and they can pick up a lot of yardage. Second and ten. Lions from their 20. DeWalt, the play is broken up by Leroy Paul. The intended receiver was Mark DeBreeze. Well, that's an excellent job by Leroy Paul, but so too Mark DeBreeze has got to work back to the quarterback. You've got to try and keep that gap between yourself and the defensive back. Leroy Paul, an Eastern All-Star this season, just does a good job fighting through to break up that play. Oh, that's good defense. So Louis Pasaglia will be punting on third and ten. The Argos have Carl Brazley and Cedric Minter back. Boy, they're giving them a little respect. <laughs> Minter's all the way back to his own 35-yard line. 
This will be Brazley at the 54. And he only gets a couple because Mark DeBreeze was down very quickly to nail him. But when we come back, the Argos, who trail 7-0, will have possession in B.C. territory. Grey Cup 83 from B.C. Place in Vancouver returns in a moment. We are back live at B.C. Place in Vancouver. Toronto trainer Freddie Dunbar says Holloway has a minor bruise on his left arm, the left elbow, but it's nothing serious, and he is back in the game. Well, thank you, Brian. Ron Cherkis, number 66, has come in to play the right defensive end for the Lions in place of the injured Brent Reset as the Argos, trailing 7-0, begin from the B.C. 54-yard line. We're just underway in the second quarter. Comes Mac Moore. <laughs> Rick Klassen was there with great, great pressure from Mac Moore. Just a little dealing in there from the defensive end and defensive tackle point of view, and it was Mac Moore that chased Holloway up there to where Klassen could actually get credit for the sack. Watch number 78 coming at the bottom of your screen. I'd get out of his way, too. Well, I sure would. <laughs> at this point, though, Frank, that defensive front four of the BC Lions is dominating that offensive Outstanding line. Outstanding job. I think that's the feature so far in the first quarter and a bit. The de Lion defense has just been outstanding. It is second and 14. Toronto back at their 52. Holloway going deep for Tolbert, and it was very nearly picked off by Larry Crawford. Oh, boy, triple coverage. Really was. We've mentioned that the BC Lions secondary has done a good job here in the first half. Holloway totally frustrated as Melvin Bird is right on the hip of Emmanuel Tolbert. Watch Larry Crawford come through. He should have had this interception. Would have been his second. But, you know, sorry, Pat. Conrad Holloway has to be a little frustrated at this point. He's not getting that good protection. And the secondary, the BC Lions, has really been solid. No breakdowns in their secondary. Well, let's see if the Lions come after Hank Alisic now because they only have one punt returner back. That's Larry Crawford. And now we've got a flag down, a time count violation against Toronto. You know, Pat, you would think it was the BC Lions that were experienced as far as being in great cup games. The Argonauts, of course, were the finalists in 1982, but they have been making the rookie mistakes. Violation. Toronto number eight. Third down repeated. So we'll repeat the third down. They never did get the snap off. And again, the Lions have only Larry Crawford deep. They look like they're going to come after this. They do. And Olesic just gets it away. Crawford from his 12-yard line. And he steps up just as it appeared as though that sideline was going to open up for him. Boy, he can do it all, number 28. Larry Crawford, excellent defensive back, but so dangerous on those punt returns. That punt by Alyssic, with everybody coming, traveled 51 yards, and so the Lions start 
from their 19-yard line. They lead the ball game 7-0. We've got 11 minutes, 5 seconds left to play in this first half. Hernandez comes up against Leroy Paul. The wall's unloaded at the last moment to Ray Strong, and Strong gets to the 24-yard line. It looked like DeWalt was looking for Fernandez. Had a lot of time initially. And then finally, Richard Moore did put some pressure on him, and DeWalt was forced to unload it. Picked up five yards, so it brings up second and five at the 24-yard line. a little bit high. He went up to try and get it, and then Carl Braisley came through. Let's go to Al McCann. Well, Pat, UBC, uh, former UBC star Brent resets out for a moment. The defensive end returns of that old pinch nerve again, Brent, eh? Yeah, yeah. This is the fourth time, like I was saying earlier on, but uh, being the excitement of the Great Cup, I know I'll be back in there. Say your defensive plan looks pretty sturdy so far. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Uh, a lot better than it did the uh, last time we played these guys. Uh, things keep up the way they are. I think we're going to have a good game. We just got to keep on playing intensity and uh, play discipline football. I hope you get back in. I will too. I mean, you too. Thank you very much. Masaglia gets it away, and Brazley on the run takes it at the 52. And has no place to run as he is forced out at the 55-yard line. We've got nine minutes and 44 seconds left to play in this first half. It is 7-0, B.C. leading Toronto. This is Grey Cup 83 from Vancouver. Well, it was just a 35-yard punt, and again, the Argos take over an excellent field position. But, gentlemen, it's about time they started taking advantage of that. Just a great job by BC defensively. They haven't even allowed a field goal attempt by the Argonauts at this point in time. Terry Greer. And Greer is into the 30-yard line, the biggest play of the afternoon for the Toronto Argonauts. Big block by Dan Ferroni, number 69, to spring the speedy Terry Greer. Well, we talked about that quick screen to the wide receivers. They do not need much of a block to set these guys free. That could be the offensive play that gets the Argonauts on track. Well, I'll tell you, you got to get that football to Greer a number of times during the ball game. Look at the speed. That's what breaks football games up for you. From the 31-yard line of B.C., the Argos take over again. Holloway's pass to Greer is out of bounds. Well, I'll tell you what, Pat, that just was not a good throw. That's not the Converse Holloway we've seen earlier in the year. He's usually able to throw that ball in there a lot quicker than that, waiting for Terry Greer to get open. I'm a little surprised that Conrich Holloway's performance here in the first half so far. We've got eight minutes, 44 seconds left to play in the second quarter as Carinci brings a play in from the sideline. John Palazzetti comes up. Second and ten.
down to the 11-yard line. Well, that's the dimension we talked about with both these quarterbacks, but Holloway sure showed you the kind of speed he has. Well, they kept leverage on it, Pat, to the outside, but they didn't get to it for so long that he finally snuck up inside of Ron Turkus, number 66, moved all the way down to the 11-yard line. The pickup was 20 yards at his first and 10 Toronto at the BC 10-and-a-half. He had an awful lot of room to move to his left side, either to run that football or throw it in that end zone. Well, Frank, I think this is an adjustment. Holloway is going to have to make, if things are not open initially, he's going to have to just run for it. You we see him there? He's waiting and waiting and waiting, and he's going to get sacked when that happens. We couldn't see it really well, but he had absolutely no pressure from his backside. No, he's going to have to take off and run in those situations. The ball is back to the 14-yard line. They've got to get inside the one for a first down. The screen. This is Terenzi. Touchdown, Toronto. What a perfect setup. That's number six. a happy fella. Corinci was out with a knee problem earlier. Just came back two weeks ago. Well, they set up the screen so well. Good block by number 44, Mike Hamelock on Bernie Clear to spring Jan Corinci into the end zone. The Argonauts have finally started to put something together. They had everybody out there. Peroni, Hamelock, Antunovic. Hank Olisic missed only one point after all season long as he tries to tie the football game. And he does. Well, we've got six minutes and 50 seconds left to play in this first half. It is all tied up. Toronto and British Columbia. Our telecast of Grey Cup 83 resumes in a moment. The Argos traveled 55 yards in five plays. This is the touchdown by Jan Carinzi. Now that drive was certainly a Conrad Holloway drive. He took off for 19 yards with the football. And set that screen up perfectly. So now the BC Lions prepare to receive the kickoff from Hank Olissick. Boy, he hit through. He got a great one. It bounces off the crossbar. Automatic dead ball. It bounced right off the crossbar. So that tells you the kind of leg he's got. I think that a 65-yard field goal that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, you know, he ought to get some kind of points for that effort. He split the uprights and have a look right in the absolute middle so the ball will come to the 25 yard line and that's where the lions will now begin we are all tied up at seven points apiece with six minutes and 45 seconds left to play in the first half that's fernandez on the right side and mark debris on the left and they set the center screen up to John Henry White, but the middle linebacker, Daryl Nicholson, was there very quickly to stop him after a gain of maybe two and a half. 
Let's go to Brian Williams. Jan Carinci, it's the first time you've been able to make the football other than blocking. Did they make any changes? No, no, no changes at all. All that's happened is we haven't, either we have a breakdown offensive line breakdown, a quarterback a breakdown, or a receiver breakdown. That was the first drive we had where everybody was doing what they're supposed to do. We're not going to make any changes. They know what we do. They're going to have to go and stop it. That's all we're doing. Uh, hi, Mom, Dan Toronto. Hello, everybody. Andy, Merrill. DeWalt unloads to Ray Strong. And on his own, Strong picks up the first down. Carl Braisley finally brings him down at the 41. Well, that's a good job of running the football by a guy who basically was a special league team's captain in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons. He has been an outstanding running back since coming to the BC Lions in the latter part of the season. Watch what he does with the football after the reception. Big move coming up at number 72. Daryl Nicholson, the middle linebacker. Nice run. Gain of 13. First down. BC, the ball outside their 40-yard line. They set up the middle screen again to John Henry White. And Graysley is there to bring him down at midfield. Pat and Frank were well into the second quarter now. Both teams have had a chance to see each other's defenses. Well, and they're well, taking advantage of them. Well, there's what the outstanding players in this game are going to receive. Compliments of Carl and Keith Hart. Three, <laughs> three of them to be awarded to the top player, top defensive player, and top Canadian. The Walsh pass is complete to the breeze. And he steps up very close to another first down. Impressive drive by the Lions. There's the crazy one. Pat, the Toronto Argonaut defensive linebackers have been getting really deep there, and that's why you've seen the BC Lions throwing short those little delayed screens. Now they're trying to take advantage of it to the outside. DeWald has completed 12 of 17 for 149 yards and now finds himself with a second and two situation at the Toronto 47-yard line. Toronto 7, British Columbia 7. The Lions are on the move. The give is to John Henry White. And John Henry, with his own impetus, crosses the 45 into the 44 for a first down. James Curry was there to make the stop for Toronto. Premier Bennett from British Columbia, and Frank is a good friend of yours. I know that he was greatly responsible for the success of getting this BC place up. Well, he did exactly what a politician had to do. He ignored a lot of the objections and said, let's build it, and he did. And congratulations to him. The Walsh pass is dropped by Mark LeBreeze. Sign of a young receiver, Leaf. You know this very well. Jumping up when he really didn't have to. The ball was thrown extremely well. Uh, you're absolutely right, Frank. Should have come up with that catch. But doesn't, and so it is second and ten. Lions at the Toronto 44-yard line. We've got three and a half minutes left to play in this second quarter.
made the catch, slipped away from Marcella's screen, and gets to the 20-yard line. Well, Pat, nothing difficult about this. Once again, in second and long situations, the Argos remain in that zone defense. A fellow like Corbin Fernandez, time and time again, will find that open spot, and that's an easy throw for Roy DeWald as well. First down, Lions at the Toronto 20. goes incomplete intended for John Pancratz. So it'll be second down BC when we come back. It is all tied up at seven points apiece. This is Grey Cup 83 from Vancouver. There's the outstanding running back of the Argos, Cedric Minner. He does not look particularly concerned, but he might well be because the Lions are banging on the door again. It is second and 10 BC at the Toronto 20.
Braisley at his 16-yard line. And Braisley gets to the 35, which is where the Argos will take over. Ron Cherkis, number 66, was first down. We've got two minutes and 27 seconds left to play in this first half. The BC Lions playing superbly. All aspects of their game lead the Toronto Argonauts 14 to 7. Boy, there'll be a party in the old town tonight if the Lions win this one. You mean another one? <laughs> I tell you what, it's been a good party going on here since Wednesday. First down, Toronto at their 35. Single coverage on Greer. Well, he was looking for Paul Pearson, but Melvin Bird was the closest to him as Holloway took a real shot from real Rick Plasson. Let's go to Al McCann. I've got John Henry White. John, I can't believe you were primary receiver on that play, but you made a great catch. Yeah, what it was, it was a quick pass to me, and it, it, it covered the route, so I just turned and went deep, and I was open. Roy made a good throw, but you were on a double-team situation when you caught the ball. Right, but, you know, uh, it was just a, a, a thrown in zone, hopefully, hopefully I would caught the ball, and uh, it just happened that way. Turning out to be a bit of a defensive struggle. It's a heck of a game, a heck of a defensive game. Two seconds left to get the playoff. Just made it. And down he goes again. Rick Lassen. And Ruben Bond. That's the second sack of this first half by Rick Lassen. Well, it's as simple as this, Frank. They're just doing a heck of a job on defense. They're getting the pressure from the front four. The secondary is so solid this afternoon. Holloway, look, he just has nobody to throw to. I think he's going to have to just throw the ball quicker, a little shorter route. They've established a little more impetus to that offense of the Argonauts. And, and run the football a little bit because they're just teeing off and coming at him anyway. Well, that's a good point, Pat. Larry Crawford gets to the 41-yard line and then is covered at that point. Well, there's John Whitman, who'll be with us in the second half. Well, he used to be that size at one point. A minute and 44 seconds left for our part of the party. Boy, we've enjoyed it a lot, and we have certainly enjoyed the performance of the B.C. Lions. They still got time to put points on the board, Pat. A minute 44 left in the second quarter. Pass is complete to Armour. And Leroy Paul was able to finally swing him to the ground, but it's very close to another first down. That's the kind of thing we were talking about. I think the Argonauts have to do. Throw it quickly. Let that receiver do something on his own after he makes a reception. Well, if you remember the Argonauts last year, their offense has totally changed to this year. They, there is no more run and shoot that quick stuff. They've changed it. But Roy DeWalt's doing a good job. He's got that rhythm going, throwing those out patterns. Those are good high percentage passes, and they're going to pick up yards for you. Speaking of high percentage passes, Pat, I'm sure Roy DeWall is well over his season average of 62% on completion. Well, you're right. He's completed 15 of 22 
for over 200 yards already in this first half. First down, Lions. DeWalt put it in there neatly to Chapdelaine. Jacques Chapdelaine makes the catch at the Toronto 51-and-a-half-yard line. One of the few times the Argonauts have blitzed here in the first half. BC Lions do a pretty good job of picking him up. Chapdelaine works himself free. Roy DeWalt, good job to get that ball away. Pickup is very close to eight yards. You know, that really was a good play by Roy DeWalt because I think they were trying to screen to the right side. Chapdelaine was not a primary receiver. Clock is running with 1.20 left to play in the first half. BC leads it 14 to 7. And this is Ray Strong. Strong puts his head down, looking for the first down yardage, but appears to be just slightly short. They bring the chains out once again. This is about the fourth time in this first half that we've had a measurement to see whether or not the club did pick up the first down. And they're short by inches. Well, those are familiar faces. Jake Cador, flanked by the two premiers of the respective competing teams, Bill Davis and Bill Bennett. Looking on on third and inches for B.C. DeWalt keeps it himself and should have the first down as the minute flag goes up. I thought Bill Bennett was just fabulous at the Premier's luncheon the other day. <laughs> he said, defensively, we're going to we're going to feature restraint throughout the afternoon. And on offense, we have the ability, as everyone in the country knows, in D.C., to strike quickly. <laughs> well, they've proven that on the field today. <laughs> the pass is complete to Armour. And Armour gets away from Leroy Paul. And Ben is finally brought down by William Mitchell. Super move here on Leroy Paul. Leroy Paul's had a pretty tough afternoon. That touchdown pass to John Henry White and Fernandez both coming in his area. But once again, a good job of Roy DeWalt to keep that rhythm going. Simple out batter, picks up good yardage. 37 seconds left to play. First down, BC at the Toronto 26-yard line. The draw to Ray Strong. And Strong slips inside the 25 to about the 24. Brian? Pat, Joe Barnes is throwing on the sidelines. I asked trainer Freddie Dunbar, what's wrong? He says, all I can tell you is, if Barnes comes in, it's not because Holloway is hurting. And second and eight, DeWalt wants to put it up. Going to the end zone for Armour. No good. Carl Braisley was with him step for step. <laughs> Everybody here wants an interference call, except that gentleman, of course. It's Peter Lahey, the Premier of Alberta, watching with just 26 seconds left to play in this first half. And Louis Pasaglia and the field goal unit comes out onto the field. They'd love to pick up the three points here and go to the locker room. Ten points ahead. 
And that's what Pasaglia will endeavor to do. Boy, they love Louie in BC Place, don't they? And why not? Oh. From the 31-yard line, Pasaglia puts it up. And it is good. We will see Joe Barnes come out onto the field with the offensive unit of the Argos, who will take over at the 35. Don Matthews has to be pleased, despite the fact he's got an awful lot on his mind this you afternoon. You think maybe he could run for office right now, Pat? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> well, they've done an excellent job. Good, solid defense in this first half, and they've also been effective on offense, picking up 17 points against a good front on Argonaut defense. But I think this is a good move right here. Conrich Holloway just does not have a feel for the game right now. It's a good time to make a switch. The give is to Mitter. And this is what we talked about. If they're going to come on and come on, run the football and let them cross the 40 to about the 43-yard line. Rick Klassen made the stop, but the pickup is about eight yards. Pat, you made an excellent point because you have to try and slow down that rush somewhat. Use the running game. Well, there's a good friend of ours, Brian Mulroney, and his wonderful wife, Mila, taking in what has really been an excellent first half for the Lions. And Mitter dives his way out over the 50 to the 52-yard line on what is the final play of the first half. And listen to the crowd. back at the stadium at BC Place, just about set to get underway with the second half. Will Conrad Holloway continue at quarterback? He did not have a good first half. He hit on only 7 of 15, and the net offense for the Toronto Argonauts, 127 yards, as compared to 247 for the BC Lions. Roy DeWald had a very strong first half, completing 17 of 25 attempts. Are you okay, Hill? Are you surprised at the way things have gone so far? I really am, Don, because I didn't think that the Argonauts could be beaten that badly physically. Man on man, BC just took them on and, and really got the best of it. And wow. BC, one more thing, BC really didn't have their, their whole football team in there as far as the receivers, but they capitalized, went to their backs out of the backfield, a lot of things, and really played well the first half. Hank Alisic preparing to kick off to get this second half underway. Strong is back along with Billy McBride. Harry Crawford is in the middle. The ball goes to Strong at the goal line. Strong gets out to 17 and no further. He's brought down there by William Mitchell. John Lancaster, one thing we have witnessed in the past this year from the Toronto Argonauts is the ability to come from behind. Well, they got a high-powered offense. When you have a high-powered offense with a lot of big play men, you have that ability. It's just a matter of them doing a little better job blocking. I think we're going to get a real indication around the early part of this third quarter as to how the game is going to go. Urban Fernandez wide to the right, net armor to the left. Fernandez the target, he is overthrowing. Roy DeWalt had a very hot first half in contrast to his first half performance 
last week in the Western Final against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But it was the second half performance where he hit on the three bombs to Mervyn Fernandez that helped project the BC Lions into this championship game. Well, you know, Don, he said before the game he wanted to keep the ball away from the Argonaut defense, and you saw those copy stats to prove it. Second and ten. Ball is at the 18. That bobble's going to cost him the first down, though. He had to come back to make the catch. It's amazing that Ned Armour has seen very limited football action. This is his ninth professional game. And it's a great cup appearance for Ned Armour. He was really a track and field star when he went to school. I'll tell you the thing I'm impressed about with the BC Lions is their preparation. They've done such an excellent job defensively with a wounded defense and offensively taking advantage of what's given them. They're giving Fernandez a lot of room on the outside, so they're hitting them short. He'll get a deep one. Carl Gracely fields the ball at his own 49, and he is forced out of bounds at the 54 of the BC Lions. Forced out by Nelson Martin. Well, we see that Joe Barnes is going to continue where he finished off in the second half as the Toronto Argonaut quarterback. This is one advantage that the Argos do have, two experienced and competent signal callers. Boy, they sure do. And you know how many times the Argonauts have had field position around midfield? They've got to take advantage of it. First and 10, the ball just shy at the 55. They ruled that on the punt return, he had stepped out there. That screen pass to Cedric the carbon copy so far the way the game started. The BC Lions now have got a real opportunity here with that fumble. About a 20-yard gain out there, or I should say a six-yard gain out there in a minute, but he lets the ball go. And watch Kevin Conard takes time and slides down there and makes sure he gets the football. Doesn't try to pick it up or make a rookie mistake, but gets down there and makes sure that he gets it. Roy DeWald on first down. He's throwing this one out of bounds. That one almost wound up in the stands. I like this distance. Great distance. He was being pressured by Rick Moore. And DeWald, unable to find a receiver in the open, just fired it well over that BC bench and almost up into the stands. Kevin Kunar, who scooped up that loose ball, a UBC product, the first round draft choice in 1980. He played in the 1977 and 78 Can-Am Bowl, and there has been some talk about possibly reviving that battle between Canadian and American college stars. On second down, that screen pass to John Henry White, and the Toronto Argonauts read it perfectly that time. Well, Darrell Nicholson was just waiting on that one. that that fumble made uh, use of was field position because with their punt they ought to be able to do pretty good as you see John Henry White a real collision there but he held on to the football but again it's a lot better to be punting the ball and getting the Argonauts down at the other end of the field than it would be uh, stopping them where they had the ball originally Lupus Aglia had a better than a 50 yard punting average this season I had an interesting conversation with him yesterday he told me he hit his best kick outside the dome but there's nothing wrong with this one he drives it all the way down to about the nine-yard line to Cedric Minter, and he gets back to the 16. So that's where the Toronto 
Luke Desaglia. And as we return live to BC Place, the Argos offense prepares to take over. It's very interesting. Their offensive line ineffective in the first half. Not protecting the quarterback. Now the coaches tell me the offensive linemen were having trouble hearing Holloway's count. Thus, they were having to react visually and losing that split second. Well, that's something they had worked on, trying to signal plays from the drop back to the lineup. Now, Joe Barnes in at quarterback, firing the strike to Cedric Minter. That will be a first down to the 35. Brought down there by Nelson Martin. Well, that's a deep throw. It's still deep. They haven't gone to that short one. You know, Ronnie, you know yourself that when you get into a, a crowd noise situation, you just got to go on a quick count. Watch the ball. That's all you do is watch it. Back to the live action. First and ten. The Argonauts at their own 35. Barnes looking for Greer. He's got him here midfield. Harry Parker made the tackle on Terry Greer, the runner-up for the Shenley Award, is the country's outstanding ball player. Well, when you talk about Terry Greer, watch the excellent coverage Kerry Parker has on him. But the ball arrives, he catches it in that left arm. Watch Kerry Parker in great position, but there he is. That's what a great receiver does. He makes the tough ones. Well, he puts his body position in between the defender and the ball, and there's no way that the defender can get at it without going through him, and that's a penalty. Most receptions in one game, the most receptions in a season, and the most yards in one season. Three records for Terry Greer. The pass over the middle for another first down, and this time it's Emmanuel Tolbert as Joe Barnes hits on three consecutive passes. 17-7. The Lions lead the Toronto Argonauts with 10-53 remaining in the third quarter. Joe Barnes was very, very cool. Watch the pressure come up the middle. Konar's on a blitz. Tolbert just finds the hole, and Barnes finds him as he takes a great hit from that defensive line of the Lions. Uh, Joe is just about as sharp as I've seen him in a long time in this first sequence of downs right here. First and ten, the Argos on the move. They are at the 41 of the Lions. Barnes throwing deep. Nobody there. Nelson Martin, the safety, had dropped deep into the end zone, That's and it appeared as though there may have been a miscommunication among the quarterback and the receiver. That's one time the crowd noise got him. He tried to audible, and they did not get the pattern. They missed it out here. Well, there's just no way with this crowd noise that you can call automatics. The best you can do until you get things moving, and he, he did have things moving, but the best you can do is just go on a quick count. Well, they cut off Terry Parker there, and Greer looked like he might have a little room on the inside. Alliance with an extra defensive back. Billy McBride is in. Glenn Jackson goes to the bench. Second and 10, Toronto from the 41. Barnes getting outside the contain. He's going to run with the ball. He'll get the first down. Forced out of bounds by Reuben Vaughn, but... Some good footwork by the Toronto quarterback to get the first down. You know, you know I've watched Joe Barnes play a long time, and there's something about him. He's tough, and he knows that. And watch him. Now, he has a chance to hit the deck, but he sees that first down marker. Watch him go after it. He is tough. You know something? We gave Klossman and Rassett a lot of criticism because we didn't think that they were really great defensive ends and that they had to give up contain, but they played great the first half while Rassett was in there before he got hurt. 
But now if they start giving up that contain, those quarterbacks will get on the outside, and that could be trouble. First and ten from the 27. The strike over the middle. No, they rule it's incomplete. Paul Joe. Pearson, the intended receiver, at the 15-yard line. Joe Barnes would like to have that one back. Cedric Minner went wide open down the field. Nobody covered him at all. He's in the end zone, but they couldn't find him. Well, even uh, throwing to Pearson as he did, he still hit Pearson right on the numbers, and his completion average has got to be great if the guy just held on to it that time. He hasn't had a, a bad throw in this third quarter. Joe Barnes, the second most experienced player in the game as far as breakup appearances go. This is his fifth. Hank Elisic, the punter, is playing in his seventh breakup game. Incomplete. Jeff Townsend was the intended receiver at the 12-yard line. That ball went high in the air after it was deflected off Townsend. But it goes as an incomplete pass. So that will undoubtedly bring Hank Elisic into the ball game to attempt the field goal. Well, I'm not too sure that on this deflection here, Terry Greer was almost in a position where he, I don't think he saw it, or I think he could have picked it up on a second-hand shot there. When you double those outside receivers, the middle has to open, and it did. Hank Elisic will attempt the field goal from 34 yards out. We watched him in practice yesterday. He was hitting them from 60 yards. Kick is wide. And in the end zone, Crawford is going to run around a little and still stay on his feet before finally conceding the single point. So, with that miss by Angelisic from 34 yards out, it's 17-8 now, and this is breakup 83 from Toronto. From outside, that's the stadium at BC Place, the site of this year's Grey Cup game, and the folks inside sitting in comfort in shirt sleeves enjoying this game would probably vote unanimously that it should become the permanent site of the Grey Cup game until another facility is constructed somewhere else in Canada. First and ten. The Lions from their own 35, the handoff to John Henry White. He dives out close to the 40-yard line. It will be second and five, British Columbia. Franklin King made the stop on John Henry White. During a portion of the season, the Lions missed his skills, not only as a runner, but as a pass receiver when he was sidelined by injury. Well, he's one of the key members of that football team when he came into the 83 season, and he's done it all for him this year. Second and five. The ball at the 40. DeWalt fires it over the middle. Picked off by Carl Graysley. It was intended for John Henry White. And Carl Graysley timed it perfectly. Well, Carl timed that thing about as well as you can time it. He saw it coming all the way. And actually, DeWalt, when he went back to pass, saw the receiver break to the inside and just threw to the spot. And Braisley came from about 10 yards. You'll see it. DeWalt throws off the wrong foot and just lets it go in the middle there. Watch Brazley come right up there now, and he just picks it clean. Brazley read the quarterback well, and when you throw off that back foot, leaning backwards, you got no zip on the ball. Great right. play. Brazley, who joined the Argos partway through the season from the National Football League, giving Toronto instant field position. There's the screen, the attempt to Carinci. He stopped at the 40-yard line after a pickup of about two by Bernie Blair. Rick Klassen has played a strong game on that defensive front for the D.C. Lions. 
his most memorable game, I suppose, was in the playoffs a couple of years ago in Winnipeg, where he was converted from offense to defense and was all over, all over Dieter Brock in the Western semifinal. You know, Ron, you mentioned before that Minter came open. He came open again on that play, and they substituted. They may be going to go to him because twice now in a row he's been wide open coming out of that backfield. Second and eight. Throwing deep for Jeff Townsend. Townsend falls, and it's incomplete. BC set real deep, just set zone defense. You're not going to beat a four-deep zone deep too often. The Lions have certainly maneuvered their defensive unit. They have six, sometimes seven backs in there. Boy, their scheme is terrific. They've really done a job of working on the Argonaut offense. And both Conrad Holloway and Joe Barnes look like they're a little bit confused when they go back because the coverage is there. Hank Elisic missed a few moments ago from 34 yards out. This kick will come from 47 yards away. It's wide again. This time Larry Crawford gets out of the end zone and returns it to about the 12-yard line. Brought down by William Mitchell. So Hank Elisic who looked so strong yesterday in the final Argonaut preparation, has missed on two field goal attempts, one from 34, the other from 47. Well, you know, Crawford is a very exceptional defensive back and punt returner and kickoff returner. On that one there, though, when you get down around the 10-yard line and get a ball and they're closing in on you and you know there's no place to go, that twisting and turning could get that ball fumbled away, and that would be critical in that area. It's better off to take your lick and then go down to the ground and live to fight another day. First and ten from the 11. Swinging it out to John Henry White. Out of bounds at the 20-yard line. Taken out of bounds by Don Moon. Don Matthews, the rookie head coach of the D.C. Lions. He signed his contract with the Leos on the 4th of January, 1983. John Henry White right out in the flat. Watch the orange jerseys coming in front of him. That just makes it impossible for that linebacker to get out there with him. That gets him open. DeWalt gets him the ball. Big game. And again, Ron, it's a matter of the B.C. Lions taking what's available and going to White. And also going to that uh, other back out of the backfield, and that's important at this stage of the game because they're not getting into them short receivers. Second and just a little more than one. The second man through, John Henry White, should have the first down. 17-8. The B.C. Lions lead the Toronto Argonauts with 4.47 remaining in the third quarter. The indication is a first down for the B.C. Lions. Well, what a difference when that White is in there. Earlier in the season, he was out for a couple games with an injury, but he means just as much to B.C. as Germany means to that Edmonton team. And how the Edmonton Eskimos missed the veteran Jim Germany this year. Penalty flag on the play. The Walt setting up, looking for John Pankratz. And I believe that's the first time this afternoon that he's gone to John Pankratz. I don't remember any other ones. I think he was trying to fool him and get Fernandes on a stop and then let him go deep, but Toronto was sitting back there waiting on him. Referee Lauren Woods. Six, 
threw the flag against quarterback Roy DeWalt. So it will be, or I should say against Ned Armour, so it will be second and ten as the penalty is declined. That's another one of those cases where I probably they got to get up there and determine who the receivers on that. If you wasn't near that line of scrimmage, they'll call it. Jackson. 
Well, you know, Glenn Jackson is a directional player out there today. He's got a brace on the knee, and really he can't change directions. He can come real tough in one direction. That's right in after the quarterback, but he can't make too many moves one way or the other, and he just made a great play on that. He's all heart. Second and seven. The ball just nudging the 25-yard line. 3.42, the time remaining in the third quarter. Barnes is in trouble. The pass incomplete. Terry Parker almost picked it off. It was intended for Townsend. Kevin Konar was the man in pursuit of Joe Barnes. And Kerry Parker almost picked off the pass. Well, you've got to give that B.C. Lions defense a lot of credit. They are well-disciplined. They fooled them with the blitz. They came late. Barnes couldn't do anything about it. Watch Konar come up there. The heat is there. You know something, another thing to take into consideration here, it could be the team that's the better condition that's going to win this ball game. I'll tell you, BC has been going 100% since the beginning of the ball game, and the Argonauts have looked a little sluggish, though. I don't know if it's the emotional letdown from last week or the plane trip out here or what, but they better get their act together here in a hurry. Hank Elisic has missed both field goal attempts so far. This one will come from 32 yards out. and the Argonaut offense. Tremendous crowd noise down there as referee Lauren Woods confers with the players. They're concentrating all their attention on trying to get on Olisic and really rattle him. Boy, if Princey came up here and, and run a big field goal, I think you'd find somebody wide open. comes out to the left on second and about nine and a half. 
sideline pattern intended for Shaftoe, and he was being covered by Wilson. So the BC Lions are forced into a punting situation. In this second half, in the third quarter, the Toronto defensive unit has done an excellent job in stymieing the BC offense. Well, they're two fine defenses, Leo. It's, I don't think it's a surprise. Yeah, and field position, you know, Ron, means so much. And as long as they can keep BC down in that area right there and make them kick out, they're going to get the ball not too far from midfield. And that, their whole repertoire is wide open for the Argonauts to use. Again, as our confrere Pat Marsden pointed out in the first half, as Lou Pasaglia fumbled the snap back from center, they're not booing, Lou. They're cheering. Lou, Lou, Lou. This is Carl Braisley. And what a ball game he has played so far as he works on those special teams in addition to playing that defensive halfback spot. And he has an interception and a fumble recovery. I think that fellow was outside my room last night about 3 in the morning. I think he got in there. <laughs> The ball between the 48 and 49. The Argos, for every offensive series in this second half, have had excellent field position. Boy, you got to take advantage of that sooner or later. They can't even get the field goals. This should be the final play of the third quarter. Barnes is going to be sacked by Drexel <laughs> Say, that's a new movement. It looks like he's chopping wood. And so, at the end of the third quarter, the score is BC 17, Toronto 9. And breakup 83 continues after this. <laughs> Here's to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple, with casual clothing and footwear, from Marks. Well, statistically, the Argos have narrowed the gap, but they have been unable to put the big points on the board. In the third quarter, they have been forced to settle for two single points on wide field goals by Hank Elisic. And to start the fourth quarter, it will be Second and 17 back on the 41-yard line. Now let's join Brian Williams. Don, the clocks have gone haywire here at BC Place. Referee and Chief Bill Fry says they will be timing it from the bench by hand here at the sidelines. The clocks are down. Now he's pointing back up. It looks like maybe they're coming back in. They're not sure, so we're going to have a bit of a delay here. Well, there was some problem with the scoreboard earlier. It did not register the eighth point for the Argonauts for quite some time. Hank Elisic playing in his seventh consecutive Grey Cup game. He has been on a winning team on five straight occasions. That, of course, with the Edmonton Eskimos. A big second down play to start the fourth quarter. For Talbert, incomplete. Almost picked off by Billy McBride. It just looks to me like the Argonauts are grab-bagging it a little bit now. They got off to that good start in the third quarter. But we did a game about three weeks ago. Remember, Ron, when they had about six or eight different variations of screen passes and used the entire offense and really had the defense on the, on the go? 
they don't look like they have any consistency with what they're doing right now, and it's showing. And uh, as they go, BC builds confidence every moment. Larry Crawford, the only punt return man back for this third down kick by Hank Alyssa. Crawford takes it at the 23. And he's brought down by Mike Hamillick. Well, Rod McInnes, the chairman and the chief executive officer of Carling O'Keefe Breweries, will be presenting automobiles to the outstanding players in today's game. New Pontiac Fiero sports cars will go the outstanding defensive player, the outstanding offensive player, and the Canadian player of the game. Now, should the same individual be chosen for two of those awards, a car plus a complete Panasonic Home Entertainment Center will go to that individual. Ray Strong trying to get outside, fighting off the tackle of Carl Braisley for almost 10 yards. Boy, he's doing a real good job, Ron, of starting up to the off-tackle spot and then sliding to the outside and outrunning the defenders on the outside. And if they give up that contain on him, he'll be able to turn the corner on him one of these times. Boy, he's a good running back. That's what the good running backs do, Leo. We're going to get a good look at it. Watch Ray Strong, number 34, just start to his left. Now he's going to run wherever he finds daylight. Good speed to get outside. Brazley has a heck of a time getting him down. Back to the live action, first and ten. Strong again, picking up about two yards as he fights to the 41. He's stopped there by Rick Moore. 13-12, the time remaining in the ball game. 17-9, the BC Lions lead him. That's one of your old players, Rob. Second and eight from the 41. DeWalt's in trouble. He's dropped back at the 30. James Curry was the first to make contact with him, and then he got some help from Rick Moore. James Interesting Curry. that the two defensive ends both started in the CFL with the BC line. Yeah, I was just going to say that James Curry is a friend of DeWalt's. Kind of picked him up after he knocked him down there and said, you know, it's all in the game, Roy. I didn't mean to hurt you. But I think he had a hold of his, well, I don't know about his face mask, but he certainly had a hold of his headgear. As I said, Curry started the year with the BC Lions, went to the Montreal Concord for a brief spell, and then was picked up by the Toronto Argonauts. Here he is playing in a Grey Cup game. Zaglia kick fielded by Kyle Brazley. Brazley spins to the 45. 12-18 is the time remaining in the third quarter. It's 17-9. BC leading and break up 83 from Vancouver. Returns in a moment. Don Whitman along with Leo Cahill and Ron Lancaster as we have 12-18 remaining in break up 83 live from the stadium at BC Place. Joe Barnes late in the first half replaced Conrad Holloway at quarterback for the Argonauts. He started very, very quickly hitting on three consecutive passes but since then he has had problems solving that BC defensive unit. First and ten. The Argos at the 46. Again, Barnes is in trouble. He gets the pass away. John Palazzetti 
made the catch back at the line of scrimmage, but it was Rick Clausen and Reuben Vaughn who were pressuring the Toronto quarterback and Ron Lancaster again. I'm amazed at the way this front four has manhandled that Argo offensive line. Well, they've done it since the opening whistle. You know, you'd think sooner or later they're going to start wear down a little bit. It looks the other way around. You know, they've gathered momentum and oh, they're they tough. sure have. They say all a good defensive man is is take two steps and throw a fifth, but we're also on fifth. Barnes for Terry Greer. First down at the BC 42. What's Terry Grayley? Oh, he goes down right on the sidelines, and then he curls back into the inside, into the hole, and Barnes finds him. Watch him come on in there. Now, he sees the opening. Barnes sees him. Great catch. Good throw. They marked that ball at the 43, first and 10. 10.57, the time remaining. Barnes looking for Cedric Pinder. It was deflected by Kevin Ponoff. The linebacker had taken the big drop. Boy, he, he sure did. Defending. He sure did, and they're getting great pass rush. As we said over and over, Classen came from the outside. Barnes stepped up, but Konar was 12, 15 yards deep. Well, I'll tell you, there's a big advantage. Konar is normally an outside guy, but he's playing in there in the middle. But the big advantage is that outside linebackers normally are better pass defenders, and he's getting a real good drop, deep drop on it. He's in a position to pick one off. Second and 10 from the 43. Will they be going after him this time? Here they come. He dumps it off to Cedric Minner. Out of bounds at the 35-yard line, forced out by Larry Cropper. Now, decision time for Bob Abilovich. Let's see where they place the ball. Well, they place it at the 36. So, I don't think there's going to be much of a decision. He'll send in the field goal unit. You better send the field goal unit in today. Here comes the noise again. Every time they start that screaming and yelling, Corinthy looks at the officials as much as to say, what are you going to do about it? He has about as much luck with those officials as I used to have. I walked, Don, I walked into the restaurant the other night, there was an official sitting there. When I walked past him, I said hello to him, and he grabbed his napkin and threw it on the floor. Wall to 
now completed 24 of 36 pass attempts for 280 yards. Dumping it off for John Henry White, incomplete. He had to get rid of it in a hurry as James Curry was going after him. He had no chance. That ball, he didn't take a second and a half to try to get rid of it and still didn't have time. Well, James Curry looks like a guy that needs a car. He's made some real good plays, and he's going to have to get some consideration for the defensive player. While we got time here, this program is copyrighted and is strictly for the private use of our audience. Any reproduction, retransmission, or exhibition in whole or in part without the express written consent of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Hey, Leo, this is your day. You got that on two networks. Good kick by Pisaglia. It takes the bounce, and Carl Bracely fields it at the 15, and then steps out of bounds at the 24-yard line. Freddie Dunbar, the Argonaut trainer, is working on Earl Wilson. You just tell Earl Wilson, make a wish. <laughs> Earl Wilson out of the University of Kentucky. Kentucky, Bubba, as he is nicknamed by his teammates. He's the only member of that Toronto front four who was with the team last year. You know what Bubba means in Southern dialect? That means brother. Joe Barnes may decide to run this one. He's got a first down up to the 40-yard line, cracked down by Rick Fossum. See, that's the one thing that both Barnes and Conrad Holloway have. But for example, last week when Clemens went down against these same BC Lions, John Huffnagel, who went in there and scored a touchdown for them, but he doesn't have the ability to run. But back-to-back, -back, both of these quarterbacks can run. Watch Joe right here step up on the inside, look downfield, and say, hey, I can get a first down here. 59,345, a total sellout at the stadium at BC Place for Grey Cup 83 with 7.57 remaining in the ballgame. Barnes for Greer, he's got the goal, he's on. It was juggled, deflected by Jojo Heath, and then juggled by Greer, he couldn't hang on. <laughs> Boy, that Jojo Heath hates to have that happen to him, Ron. You know how bad he hates to miss that interception? But it almost turned into a touchdown for the Toronto Argonauts. If Greer could have held it, he was had a lot of room going down the sidelines. This is their basic pattern. He turns the inside. Now he comes out. But watch Jojo Heath. Oh, he's just a got great it now. Greer's job. got it. Now nobody's got it. <laughs> well, it's a great job of playing the ball by Heath, though. The good thing McBride was there. It's second and ten. The ball at the 40-yard line. Continues on up to the 40, the line of scrimmage, but the play is whistled down. Boy, Joe Barnes tried everything to do something with that football, but three defenders corralled him, and there was no way that he could get anything off with it. Four-man rush, Rick Klassen and the defensive end, Brent Reset come upfield and force Barnes right into those two big guys, and those big guys get hold of you. They don't let go. The outside guys get the depth cut off the sprint outs and the rollouts and things like that. Those inside guys just get right on those guards and just take everything downfield. Well, not many people expected Joe Barnes to see much action in Grey Cup 83. 
They thought that Conrad Holloway would go all the way. Joe Barnes actually, in a conversation I had with him yesterday, didn't anticipate seeing much action. But the Argonaut coaching staff opted to make the change late in the second quarter, and Barnes has gone all the way here in the second half. Joe Barnes playing in his fifth breakup game. He previously saw breakup action with the Montreal Alouettes. He was on a winning team back in 1977 as a Simon Fraser product, Tony Antunovic, was shaken up on that last play. Third down and 11. Good high kick by Elisic. Crawford fields it at the 22. And he goes back inside the 20-yard line with seven minutes remaining. 17-12 is the score. And breakup 83 from Vancouver returns in a moment. Well, with the Lions at their own 19-yard line, this could be a very critical sequence for British Columbia. Well, you know that Toronto Argonaut defense, no, they've got to do something and turn it over. They've done their job. They haven't allowed BC to move the ball, but their offense isn't moving, so the defense figures we better do it for them. Well, DeWalt's, DeWalt's going to come of age here because he knows he's got to move the football and he can't make a mistake. An impressive performance so far by the British Columbia quarterback. To the sidelines, good job of coming back to the ball by Mervyn Fernandez. That's one of those passes on play action. Try to go deep to Fernandez. He'll see another man back there. He won't be able to go deep, so he just turns to the outside and keeps coming back, and the quarterback finds him. Through to the spot, made him come back to it. Just an absolutely great throw, and he just got that foot in. And what a play that was. That was a bootleg action. And it was just the play they needed to get him out of the shadow of their goal line. Fernandez has been a big play man all season for the Argonaut, or for the Lions, I should say. It's first and ten from the 31. Intended for strong, incomplete. Strong had some blocking help out in front of him. He had some room. That's a great call by DeWalt. He took his two backs over there, and he released John Henry White up the seam. That gets one defender out of there, and then brings Strong right behind him. That's a good call. Well, the BC Lions have to get another first down right here. Or they've got to get another magnificent punt from Louis Pasaglia. Pasaglia has done his job, and Alyssa come back and did his job. Now the offense has got to do something. Throwing deep. Incomplete. Intended for armor. And the British Columbia Lions will be forced to kick it away again with 6-0-7 remaining in the game. Uh, Five-point so, differential. Don, there's so much of this game that's reflection. And one thing right now that's going through the head of those guys down there on the Argonaut side is, uh, you know, last week when things got real tough, down to 27 seconds, we still won the football game. So they're not going to panic. They think that they can come back and win, and that's important at this stage of the season. Kyle Brasley has done all the work this afternoon for the Toronto Argonauts on that punt return unit. He'll field it again at the 44. And he dives out to the 49-yard line. A kick of 47 yards by Lou Pisaglia. You talk about players who might merit consideration for Game Star Awards. Carl Brasley is certainly one of them. There's a bunch of them down there. Brasley's had a good day. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick Klassen's had a day. I... Conar's had a good day. <laughs> 
You want to keep going? I, mean, I think we can name 15. I'm glad this is one game that we don't have to make the choice. You got that right. A group of the football reporters of Canada will make that decision, and the presentations will be made upon the conclusion of the ball game. They threw quickly to Townsend, and Kerry Parker came over to make the tackle. Boy, Kerry Parker read that in a hurry, didn't he? Did you see how fast he come up there on Townsend? Not a chance. You talk about football players. You gotta, you gotta mention his name every time you start talking about defensive backs. He looked like he was shot out of a gun coming up there. Well, they put the three receivers to the one side and Townsend to the right. But Parker, as Ron Lancaster said, read that one perfectly, limiting the game to four yards at second and six. Well, they haven't gone to Greer in quite a while. They've got to go to him sooner or later here. Paul Pearson, he fumbles the ball, it's recovered. Picked off by Emmanuel Tolbert. What an alert play by Emmanuel Tolbert after Paul Pearson had picked up the first down, then he lost the ball. Well, what you see is that the BC Lions came with the blitz, and Joe Barnes read it, and so did Paul Pearson, and as he comes off the line, he looks right to the inside. Watch Joe, he sees the blitz, Pearson turns to the inside, makes the catch, good tackle by Bird, the ball comes loose, and then the key play by Talbert. A big, big play. Well, the, the scheme in terms of the blitz is look to the inside, and as far as the defense, get your hands up, don't let him throw to the inside. 4.07, the time remaining. From the 45, first and 10. Barnes has the pass deflected at the line of scrimmage by Reuben Barnes. Second and 10 now. The Argos are at the BC 45-yard line. Toronto trails 17-12. You can see Joe Barnes say something there to Jan Carinci. And Jan hasn't had that much time in action the last couple months in there. And he probably run the wrong pattern. But Joe's going to direct him. Joe... Joe got on him right away. I guarantee you, Barnes takes control on the field. Big down right here. This may be the biggest down we've seen in a long time. Wide open. Emmanuel Tolbert at the 25. First down, Toronto. Well, you know, when you talk about guys being on the same page, Emmanuel Tolbert goes down the field, he finds the hole in the zone, and Joe Barnes reads it exactly like Tolbert and lays it right on the money. Ron, our conversation yesterday with Joe Barnes and Conrad Holloway, they pointed to Emmanuel Tolbert and said, what a difference E.T. has made to our passing attack. I know Emmanuel Tolbert, and I know he can play. Well, you look up there at that clock, there's three minutes left up there, and they're marching. First down at the 25. Barnes throwing to Pearson. Down at the two-yard line. The Argos will be first and goal when we return. Break up 83 from Vancouver. Returns in a moment. That makes my pregame. A gain of 22 on the pass to Paul Pearson. Leo Cahill, you've done it again. In our pregame show, you said that Pearson could be the hero.
watch Minner in motion. Everybody goes inside, he goes outside. It's a pitch, anything you want to call it, but it's a touchdown on the board. I don't know who was covering him on there because it didn't look like anybody was picked off or anything. It just didn't look like they had anybody on him. I know one thing, the gentlemen burdened with the responsibility of choosing the stars of this game have their work cut out for them. There have been stars on both sides of the ball wearing the double blue of the Toronto Argonauts and the orange and white of the British Columbia Lions. They're going for two, Leo. That's, you're exactly right. One point does them absolutely no good. They've got to get two points here to make the BC Lions try to tie them with a field goal. 2.44 is the time remaining. The two-point conversion attempt. Barnes throwing for Terry Greer incomplete. Greer was being covered by Jojo Heath, so the score holds. Toronto 18, the BC Lions 17. Well, get ready for a real finish here because now it's up to the BC Lions to do what they have to do and get down close enough to give the best kicker in football a chance to get a shot at it. And three points puts them ahead. Well, you know, so many people in analyzing this game said that one of the advantages the Argonauts had is the two quarterbacks. If Holloway had problems, Barnes could come in and do the job, and indeed he has. Well, he come out right here and watch his hit. I watched him after he threw now, where is, it? is there anybody at all on Mitter? There's a guy laying on the ground back there that's probably supposed to cover him. He never that's had a That's who chance. it was. You're right. The linebacker came across and was knocked down on the way back. A pass. For the first time this afternoon, the Toronto Argonauts are in front, but just by a single point with 2.44 remaining. Hank Alisic preparing to kick off. Strong, Crawford, and Billy McBride are deep for the BC Lions. It's going to go out of bounds. They'll kick off again. You know, while we have a moment... We've had tremendous cooperation from a number of people here at the stadium at BC Place. Our thanks go to Bob Hunter, the operations manager, Debbie Middleton operating the scoreboard, and Rick Moles, the engineer. Now let's go down to Brian Williams. Joe Burns, did you change anything on that last drive? No, we just go. He thought they playing a lot of zone. We just tried to hit the seams in the zone. That's all we're trying to do. Patience has been the key for you. That's been a real key. You know, it's what a quarterback has to have, patience. All right, Joe. All right, Joe, have a little patience. <laughs> he has patience with everybody but commentators. <laughs> so now the Argonauts will kick off again, this time from the 40-yard line. 31 years it's been since the Argos last sipped champagne from the Grey Cup. Alisic booms it into the end zone, and that's where Crawford starts out from. And he is stopped at the 17-yard line by William Mitchell. Here's another fellow who's had a big ball game for the Toronto Argonauts. Well, they've got their work cut out for them right now. They've got a long way to go, but a couple of good completions right here will get Pasaglia where he has to be. Big thing right now is the Toronto Argonaut defense has really done the job the second half. They've got the offense field position. They finally got the lead. They're being called on once again right now. The injured player is Gordon Elser. Don Matthews, the rookie head coach of the British Columbia Lions. He was looking for his sixth consecutive Grey Cup triumph. He may, in fact, still get it. He had five in a row 
as an assistant to Hugh Campbell with the Edmonton Eskimos. And Bob Obilovich, coach of the year in 1982. He would like to cap his 1983 season with a Grey Cup triumph. He led the Argonauts to the best overall record in the Canadian Football League. 12 wins and 4 losses. The first time any team in the East has posted that fine a record. Well, I'll tell you, we said we had the two best football teams in the country. I think that's been proven. We knew the two defenses were very equal coming in. That's been proven. But the key has been Roy DeWalt so far, in that, especially the first half, when he kept the ball away from us. But that Argonaut defense is big, and they've got to be big right now. Well, they played together as a unit about as well as any team in Canada. I think we've got the two best defenses in Canada on the field right now, too, Ron. It's just going to matter as far as the... Uh, BC Lions are concerned they're going to have to just show the patience that Joe Barnes did and get themselves in a position they can't try to go for it all University of Calgary product Gordon Elzer has helped off the field first and ten the Lions are at their own 18 yard line DeWalt to Fernandez at the 30 first down who else 2.30 the time remaining you know, all afternoon, they've been able to push off with Fernandez and get the ball in there short. And that's the kind of a patience play right there that will get them down the field. Because you know that that defensive deep back is going to be playing off that number 24. Seven catches for 129 yards for Fernandez. DeWalt dumps it off to Strong. He's hit immediately by Ken McEachern. Don Moon was putting pressure on quarterback Roy DeWalt, and Ray Strong took a hit as he tried to turn up field from Ken McEachern. Well, Ken McEachern came to this side of the field. He was going to help out on anything coming back inside, and then he saw the throw, and he came in a hurry. Watch like DeWalt get in trouble, Leo, and watch him dump the ball, and you'll see 24 come into the picture in a hurry. It looked like uh, Strong may have gotten hurt on this play here. He's holding his knee. Should probably bring Donnie Taylor into the ballgame. 2.13 is the time remaining. Toronto leading British Columbia, 18-17. Don Taylor will be coming into the ball game for at least one play to replace Ray Strong. You'll see, just as he turns, there's the hit by McEachern, and that is the type of thing that does damage to the knees. Boy, not only that, but he had his head stuck right in the ground, too. Ray Strong was a late-season addition to the British Columbia Lions, one of several players that Don Matthews has been able to add to the BC roster this year out of the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. The coaching ties a couple of his, his assistants had to that school undoubtedly helped in the recruiting. It always does. You've got to know. And when you've been there, you've seen them, and it always helps. Well, when they go off the field holding the one leg up without being able to put any pressure on it, it's a pretty good indication that they won't be back. Well, Ray Strong in this hard-hitting ball game is being helped off to the B.C. bench. Gord Elzer of the Argonauts was shaken up earlier. Freddie Dunbar doing some taping on Elzer, and it looks as though he might be ready to go back in the ball game. Now, a fake second down conversion coming up. Second and six. The ball at the 34. 
has been all reliable all year, Ron, and it's just fitting that they should be getting the ball into people like Pancras and Paul Pearson. Well, watch John Pancras. He'll go down. He's looking. He sees the hole to the inside. DeWalt threw this ball really early. Pancrats makes the big, big catch and gets that first down. 1.53 is the time remaining. The Lions at their own 45. DeWalt fires the pass complete for about a gain of six yards to Jacques Chapdelaine, but there is a penalty flag, and I think it is going to be holding against B.C. Well, the British Columbia Lions trying desperately to at least get within the field goal range, perhaps even the punting range of Lou Pisaglia, and force Holding. overtime. BC 63, first down repeated. That moves the ball back to the 35-yard line. Don Swapper guilty of the holding. Single point, of course, would tie it. We could see overtime, a field goal, or a touchdown would win it for the BC Lions. 144 is the time remaining. Incomplete intended for Pancrats again. So now it's second and 20. He made the right read. That middle opened up. Pancrats come in there, but the ball was thrown behind him. Well, most of the pre-game prediction indicated that it would be a close, hard-fought football game, and that's exactly what it has been. It's fitting that the Grey Cup game should be a thrilling encounter, like the East and Western Finals, the East and West Semifinals this year. Well, the way this clock looks right now, it looks like if they don't make it on this down here, they'll have to go for it. DeWalt throwing deep for shot delay. Incomplete. He was being covered by Daryl Wilson. You gotta be a little bit lucky. Josh Chapdelaine played that as well as you can, and Wilson just turned around, looked up, and threw his hands up in the air and hit the ball. Well, they got Pasagli in there, which indicates that they're going to punt the football. The Argonauts with the first down here can wrap it up. It just slipped out of the hands of the rookie, Josh Chapdelaine. He went to school at Sherbrooke and Simon Fraser. He was their number one draft pick in 1983. 132, Don, you still, you have to kick the football. you got to do it. You have to kick the ball, hope for perhaps a break, and then count on your defensive unit to hold. High snap. Pasaglia did a good job of hauling it down. Big kick. Braisley goes back to his own 17-yard line. And making sure he hangs on to the ball, and he gets out to the 22. He's stopped there by Ryan Potter. Well, they got another chance, Ron, with the 121 left. They've got a timeout they can call, and they could get the football back again. The Argos get a first down, though. It could be bad. Well, they got to get the first down if you're an Argonaut fan, but I'll tell you what. Are you going to throw it? No, they're not going to throw it. I wouldn't think down here, but uh, Joe Barnes, you know, you had him, and you know that he's going to take what they give you, and he's got a lot of courage. And Joe Barnes is going to do whatever it takes, and if he needs to throw it, he'll throw it. That's what I feel, too. 21, the time remaining. The clock will not start until the ball is snapped. There's the handoff to Cedric Minter, and he drives to about the 32. That took the clock down to 118. Would you say that this next down would be about the most important play of this game? <laughs> it sure is. 18 to 17. The Argonauts lead the Lions. 
Joe Barnes. No substitutes coming in from the sidelines with players either. I think Bob Obilovich is saying, Joe, you've been around a long time. It's up to you. He signaled it. He did say, yeah, they called them both on the sidelines and he signaled. Key second down play here. Barnes is going to run it. He'll get the first down. Was that a sigh of relief on the part of Bob Abilovich? <laughs> I'll tell you what, that barn didn't tough enough, is he? Watch him turn up field on that one. I don't think there was any thought in his mind about throwing the football. I think he just ran that bootleg action. If somebody was wide open, he probably would have given it off to him. But he said, I, I've got enough confidence in my running ability that I'll get it myself. Watch him. There's Watch no him. doubt what he's going to do with this football. Watch him go get it. So get out of my way, fellas. Joe Barnes out of the Texas Tech School. Hands off that time as Cedric Mitter gets back to the line of scrimmage with 34 seconds remaining. Barnes involved in the oil drilling business back in the United States. And that last play, he hit a real gusher, didn't he? Well, I'll say. Well, there's still some football to play with 34 seconds up there. But I can just imagine what the reaction in Toronto is. Been a long time coming. If they can bring that Grey Cup back to Toronto, they'll be dancing in the streets. Conrad Holloway, the man most expected, would be the Toronto Argonaut hero this afternoon. However, he was unable to get that offense in gear. Joe Barnes came in, and what a job he has done. And this is Cedric Minter, and he has injured a knee, it would appear. See, that'd be awful if he got a serious injury here with the Maybe the second last, third last play of the ball game. I think he just banged it on the ground. No, he's all right. He's he walking off. tackled and went down. He just landed on it hard. He's okay. He's fine. They don't need him anymore. 34 seconds. Clock doesn't start till the snap because of the timeout, but... It's second and ten. Carinci is in there. He and Palazzetti in the running back positions. 34 seconds the time remaining. Barnes rolling out to his right. Being chased by Clausen. And Clausen is the man who finally caught him. Barnes was looking downfield, but you saw the experience there, Ron. He was not about to throw it away. No, he wasn't throwing. He was just running a little bootleg action to try to get all those defensive linemen out of there and clear the other side for him. I think right now we'll see a delay of the game penalty here, and that'll move it down to about seven seconds, and then they'll hope that they can punt and end it. Well, you know, a play right here, if they get Pasagli as good an athlete as he is in the ball game as a punt returner, he can run it upfield and punt it and try to get it in there for the point. Yep. I think that's what they need to do. They need to get him on there and have him field this punt, because they're going to, I know they've got to take too much time. They've got to take 20 seconds. Well, the seconds are ticking away. We're down to 19. And you can rest assured that Hank Elisic will take just as long as possible. Well, he takes it down to 10. They were going after the block. The kick to Larry Crawford at the 25. He's going to try and get out of bounds. Willie, he's out with one second left. One second remains. Crawford trying desperately to get out of bounds. The Argonauts were able to take that clock down to 10 before Hank Elisic kicked it away for 55 yards. What do you do here? You know what? Here's something to think about. 
put the Saglia in there to slot back. Have them wide receivers clear. Try to hit him That's in the right. hole and turn around and kick it. That's right. You've got to get him and try to get him for about a 20-yard gain and then just pump the ball on the run. And he'll get a good bounce on the artificial turn. they got to do something. No, they're not going to do it. So you can bet that they're going to go to number 24. This is the old Hill Mary. It's coming over here. Three guys on one side. Right a wall, throwing deep, looking for Shackley. It's knocked away, and the Argonauts are the champions for 1983. Well, the 31-year-old drought comes to an end. Bob Obinovich, in his second year, leading the Toronto Argonauts to a great cup triumph, and the celebration, I'm sure, will be underway. Toronto momentarily. A disappointed Don Matthews. He's been on a winning team on five consecutive occasions. And for Bob Obilovich, it has finally happened. A great cup triumph here at the stadium at BC Place. The capper to a fantastic year for the Argonauts. They went through regular season play with the best overall record. And there it is. It's been filled at various times with champagne, beer, and whiskey. It's been lost and stolen. It's been cursed at. It's been blessed and has suffered a number of indignities. But it is what the Argonauts have been aiming for since they went to training camp back in May, and they have finally achieved that goal. Well, you know, it's just, I just looked down there and was watching Bob Obilovich, watching Joe Bart and the Argonauts. That's what it's all about. I think you said it all, Don. Everything's after that cup. But well, one thing about it, when you get it in your hands, that's what you want. Now, the Toronto Argonauts, after all these years, have finally won the Grey Cup. But you've got to give a lot of credit to Donnie Matthews and that BC team. He had all kind of personnel problems going into this football game, offensively and defensively, and he played about as good a game as you could possibly play against a better football team. Everybody, you and I and everybody else, thought it would be a 10 or 15 point game with the Argonauts winning, and they had to fight for their life, but they did have the reflection of being able to come back in a football game after that come from behind thing last week in the last 27 seconds, so they never lost their poise. Well, we're about ready for the presentation of the Grey Cup. Let's listen. In BC Place Stadium and throughout Canada, gives me a great deal of pleasure to present the Grey Cup to Dan Perone of the Toronto Argonauts, the Toronto Argonauts, the 1983 Grey Cup champions. Congratulations, Dan. Thank you. Toronto, you've waited a long time. Here it is. We've got our This time, we would like to introduce to you people in the stadium and to our stars of the game, the Curly O'Keefe offensive star of the game. 
Russell wins a new Pontiac Euro. I'll show you the replacement all these. That's to be a lot more nice to win. To get the win. Defensive player of the game, here he is. At halftime, at halftime, you said to me it was never in doubt. Did you really believe that? You got to believe when you got a team like ours. You got a defensive line to play the hard out, linebacker to play the hard out. Our came back and they just played their hard out. We were going to get it. All right. Congratulations to both Carl Brasley and Joe Barnes, the Carling O'Keefe offensive and defensive game stars. And let's bring in Rick Klassen of the BC Lions, the outstanding Canadian, the Dick Suderman Trophy. A tough game. It seemed to change in the third quarter when the Toronto defense took over. Well, Toronto, you have to uh, compliment them. I think both offensively and defensively did a super job. And I thought we played well. We just came up on the short end. It's unfortunate, but you got to commend Toronto. They played a heck of a football game. Anything you want to say to these fans here? Well, I think... Uh, Hopefully it's the start of a dynasty here. It was our first year and for 19 years, and we're going to come back next year, and we're going to win it. All right, our congratulations to Rick Lesson, Joe Barnes, and Carl Brasley. Let's go upstairs to, let's see, John Wells. The final score reads the Argos 18, the Lions 17, but the party is a long way from over. This is Grey Cup 83 from Vancouver. On the sidelines, a happy Carl Brazley, the outstanding defensive player in this great cup. And inside the Argo dressing room, the celebration is already underway. We'll get back in there for some comment from the victorious Toronto Argonauts, the 83 great cup champions, in a moment or two. Great cup under this magnificent dome at BC Place is everything we thought it would be. Two outstanding teams in a bitter battle to erase the memory of so many years without success in this CFL championship game. Today we'll go down in CFL history as one of the greatest games ever played. Right now, we join Pat Marsden and Don Whitman. I am exhausted. <laughs> well, I wasn't around in 1952, but you were a veteran, Pat, the last time the Argos won a Grey Cup. But this is one of the most exciting games I've ever witnessed. It's, it was a tremendous football game, and I'm so happy for a great city like Toronto that has waited so long to be able to have the kind of celebration they're going to have. And you know what was nice about this game, Don? Nobody lost the game. In other words, it wasn't somebody fumbling the ball in That's the end right. zone. Two teams gave it everything they had. You could flip a coin. Both won. Both should be extremely proud of what they performed today. Right up until the final seconds, you had the feeling that perhaps the BC Lions would get in position for Pasaglia, if not to kick a field goal, to perhaps kick a single and force an overtime encounter. But as we said during the second half of the telecast, and as you commented during the first half, there were so many outstanding individual performances that the gentleman who had to select the three stars had quite a burden. Boy, I'll tell you, it was nice to see Joe Barnes, though, who has been around this league so long, come in, take a team that was seven, 17 to 7 down at halftime, rally the troops, and let's not forget, 
that the Toronto Argonaut defense just closed down the BC offense in that second half. Every one of those players should be proud and particularly happy for Bob Obelovich because he's as hard a working guy as anybody in the league. I don't know whether most of our viewers realize this, but that defensive unit has almost been completely rebuilt from last year. I believe only three were with the Argos in last year's Grey Cup. You're game. right, and so let's say something about Coach Joe Moss and Coach Dennis Meyer, who really have formulated and got this act together. The whole coaching staff and a great job by Don Matthews and his staff. Yes, disappointment for Matthews, but they can be proud of the job they did. And let's take a look at the statistical story. They're even in first downs and the Toronto Argonauts with a stronger performance in the second half as Joe Barnes was able to hit on passes in the first half. Only seven completions by Conrad Holloway, but Joe Barnes in the second half completed 14 passes. Very little between the two teams, as an 18-17 score would indicate. Very little as far as the statistical story is concerned. And you know, when you talk about well-played football games, did you notice only six penalties called in that game? A tremendous tribute to the coaching staffs of both clubs and to the players. Right now, let's go back to John Wells. An outstanding job this afternoon by Pat Marsden and Don Whitman, but they had a great football game to work with, didn't they? Ideal conditions for an ideal matchup, and we will look back with fondness on this first Grey Cup indoors for many years ahead. Grey Cup 83 from Vancouver continues in a moment. A few moments for quiet thought for the victorious Toronto Argonauts. I guess maybe it's just about over and the party is about to begin. You saw the Argo team prayer after their victory over the BC Lions, 18 to 17 in this super great cup classic here at BC Place this afternoon. There were some outstanding highlights in this football day, and now we take you over to Frank Rigney and Ron Lancaster to look at a few of the special moments. Ronnie, a very different football game in the second half. 17 points put on the board by the BC Lions. None in the second half of this football game. You've got to give a lot of credit to the Argonauts, although they did not have a consistent football game. They came up with the big plays when they had to. Especially defensively in the second half. We're going to take a look at three highlights, Riggs. And the first one's going to be a tremendous pass rush by the Toronto front four. And DeWalt will throw the ball off balance. And watch the interception Carl Brasley makes. You're exactly right, Ronnie. He is going backward when he throws his football. And, of course, Carl Brasley elected as one of the outstanding players in this game. Certainly, I think he deserves it. Oh, there's no doubt about it. He returned punts for him. But as you say, watch the pressure from the front four and watch the Waltz back foot. He's throwing off that back foot. You're in trouble. He just couldn't get enough on this football, and Brazley timed it perfectly. Steps right in front. He reads that quarterback. When that ball doesn't have the zip on it, when you can step in and throw it, it allows a guy like Brazley to get to it. I was a little concerned, though, Ron, on that turnover and also another fumble recovered by Brazley when the Argonauts only got two points out of three turnovers. It looked kind of bad for them at that point in time. You're exactly right. And speaking of that turnover, here it is. Ray Strong catches the pass. Watch William Mitchell out there. They pull that ball loose, and look who's got it. Number two, Carl Brazley again. And as you say... Only two points. They missed the field goal. But this is it, Ray. This is the big one. Hank Elisic did not have a great day, but Joe Barnes certainly had a great half day. Boy, he laid that off just perfect. A minute. All alone in the end zone. Is that I think Pat summed it up that base the way it was. Nobody lost it. It was a winning game. Both good football teams. Let's go down and talk to Bob Obilovich with Al McCann. Honey, I've got the head man here in this jubilant Argonaut dress here in Bob Abilovich. The long, dry spell is over, Obi, but I'll tell you, it was a thriller. Well, it was a great football game, Alan. We expected it to really be tough. And this is the price you have to pay for winning. <laughs>
Well, I was really proud the way our guys came back and uh, we beat a good football team in our home ground. Obi, you made the monster decision. You changed your quarterbacks. It turned out to be the genius move. Joe played beautifully. Well, I've said all season I've always had confidence in both quarterbacks, and I said that if I felt we weren't doing things and moving the football, that uh, I wouldn't hesitate to get Joe in there, and uh, he came through in flying colors, needless to say. I think uh, you'd have to give a lot of credit to BC's defense. They played awfully well. Yeah, and I think our defense is just a little bit better. Well, they both played <laughs> awfully well. It turned out to be a defensive struggle where most Canadians, I thought, expected more points. Well, they're both explosive offenses, but they've both been very consistent defenses, too. That's why I said going into the game that it was going to be a heck of a matchup, and I expected a great football game, and I don't think the fans were disappointed, except for the BC ones. <laughs> Coach, congratulations. Savor it. It's been a long time coming. Thank you, and I want to say hello to my children back home, Tracy, Jody, and Coy. I wish you were here, sweethearts. Thank okay, you. Coach. Let's go upstairs to Leaf and Leo. I'll tell you what, Leo, you had a shot at it as a head coach. You couldn't get it, but today I really know who you were rooting for. And there's some people in Toronto would like you to put this on. This looks better than your headset anyway. <laughs> well, Leif, I got this before the game from Don Derno, who must have known something before the game. But last but not least, it's nice to get in here and have an opportunity to celebrate with the Argonauts because I've suffered through this about as much as anybody has. It's been 31 years coming. I know just exactly what the coaches were going through. I know what Bob... Uh, Obilovich had to lose today if he didn't win this football game, and I couldn't be happier for him and for all the fans back in Toronto. Well, I agree, Leo, you know, but uh, I was so scared in that game. Toronto had so many chances uh, at midfield. They had great field position all day, and I thought that maybe they were just going to let those opportunities get away from themselves, but certainly in the second half, the defense did the job, and they were able to score enough points to win. Not a bad ball game. I'll tell you one thing, though. I don't think that you could find a better designed offense and defense than Vancouver came up to us today. It was just a great job. Let's go to Brian. All right. Joe Burns, you're the most valuable player. Condra Challoway had some problems today, but you guys really work as a team out there, one helping the other. Well, that's why we, uh, I think Connors and I both been in the league long enough, and, you know, we understand the game, and, you know, some days, uh, you know, you're not going to have a good game, and I think, you know, OB said all along he's not, uh, you know, hasn't played either quarterback, play the quarterback. You know, Connors played a tremendous game last week to get us here, and, uh, you know, just one of those days today, and I'm just glad that I could come in and contribute. Connie, what happened in the first half? Were you just a little uptight, a little nervous? Well, no, I've been I've been sick all week, but that's not an excuse. I just didn't play well. Uh, they did a few things defensively that threw us off a little bit. I had I threw two bad passes, and if I had those two bad passes back, one of them would have been a touchdown to Emmanuel Tober, and I think the other one would have been a touchdown to Terry Greer, which would have changed things around. But I tell you, it's 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 great to know that when things go wrong like that, you can just say, Coach, you know, it's time. Coach Vilvis can make a change, and we can get it done. Joe did a heck of a job. Congratulations. Joe's the offensive star of the game. There was a time back in June when I didn't think you were coming back to play in Toronto. You were going to stay in Texas. Well, uh, I had some business things going on back then at the time, and uh, I just moved my family from Lubbock, Texas, to Dallas, Texas, so I felt I was needed at home. And You know, I'm getting too old for training camp anyway. But uh, you old enough to come back next year? <laughs> oh, you know, it's just like playing golf. You go out and uh, you shoot 17 bad holes of golf, then you birdie 18, you want to come back and play again. So I'll probably be back. Congratulations to you both, Al. Can I say hi to my children? Yes, you can say hi. Okay, I, got, I want to say hi to Joanna and Joey back uh, back home in uh, Toronto. I said I'd say hi to them. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Joey. Hi. All right, we were going to Alma I understand. No, we're going back upstairs to John Wells. John? At the outset, Brian, we suggested we could have not asked for anything more than these two teams in this magnificent facility. In fact, the day was much more than we could have expected. Great Cup 83 from Vancouver continues after this.
The Toronto Argonauts have finally arrived. We take you back now, live to the dressing room. Here's Al McCann. Well, thank you, John. There's a lot of great defensive plays today, but I don't think there was a more hair-raising one than this man was involved in, Darrell Wilson. You knocked down that ball, and had Chapdelaine caught it, BC had great field position. Oh, yeah. Well, um, we were in a double coverage on Fernandez and Pancras, and the coaches had a lot of confidence on the backside, and I had them all by myself, and I just read his eyes and turned on it. And knocked it down with your arm, yes, eh? Yes, yes. Tell me about your plan for Mervyn the Swerve and Fernandes because he played awfully well again. Yeah, well, we're, we're trying pretty much to uh, play man under and have a man over top. And he's such an excellent athlete. You know, we had a lot of trouble, but the second half, we got together, you know, and just we have a lot of character on this team. You really do, Dale. You know, the second half, you suddenly turned it around and you stopped DeWald and his offensive team. You must have made some changes. No, but no, we just put in our heads that, hey, you know, we're champions. We're going to go out and play like it. And we, uh, we just got together and did it. Well, you weren't around in 1952 in the last Argonaut team, woman. I know you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Okay, Dale. Congratulations. Okay. Congratulations. Brian? Argonaut assistant coach Bob Pelsek, responsible for the offensive line. Your fellows took a real beating out there, in particular in the first half. They were all over the quarterback. I'll tell you what, they were uh, extremely tough defense, Brian. And uh, I'm glad my guys hung in there. <laughs> During the second half, we made some adjustments so we could give Joe Barnes, so we could give Joe Barnes more protection in the second half. But uh, I tell you what, you got to give credit to the BC Lions. They were outstanding. They came to play. They gave us all we could handle. And I'm just glad we won that game. How bad was the noise out there hearing the counts? Hey, the noise is unbelievable, Brian. That was another factor. We couldn't automatic. We couldn't change. We couldn't get out of a bad play, whether it was a blitz or whatever. We had to take the brunt of it through most of it. So, uh, just, again, it was just a good job overall by Joe Barnes in that second half. All right, Bob, congratulations. Big fell on my shoulder. Jan Carinci, a good game this afternoon. When did you guys finally... Did you have a meeting in the second half? Did you say, hey, we got to get our act together as an offense? Well, I think the, I think the receivers just kind of came around and said, look, they're, they're trying to take away Terry so much. They're trying to take away Jeff on the other side. The middle was wide open, and Paul and Emmanuel and, and Cedric were all saying that. The middle was just wide open, and we started going to that in the second half with our ends and drag routes. Quickly, I know you want to say hi to the folks in Toronto. Yep. Hello, Mama and Papa in Tino Al and the brothers. <laughs> All right, Al. Okay, Brian, I got Ken McKeck, and here's the guy who's been looking for this uh, great cup for a long time. This 10th season, Kenny. Ten, ten years. And I'll tell you, I'm sure during the game you were wondering if maybe it was going to elude you again. Eh? Well, we came in at halftime and we were down. And I said, we've been a second-half team all the time. I said, we got we got to shut them out. We can't give them any more points second half and hope the old can come back and win this thing for us. Oh, what an emotional second half you had. The defense did shut them down. Joe Barnes came on and did the job offensively. Well, we got rid of our jitters and, and the offense. We gave them some turnovers early and nothing happened. You know, we missed some field goals and things. And even that didn't rattle us. We still, still went out and stopped them and gave the ball back the offense and went out and, and we scored you know enough points to win this thing can everybody wondered how much would the noise factor affect the visiting team tell me about it well the noise factor was such that we were checking in and out of our defenses and a lot of times nobody could hear what we we're in and sometimes first half we had some adjustment problems because some people were playing the original call and really we had audibled into a different coverage and some guys were left open so the second half we got everybody together and we used some hand signals and different things and uh, made everybody recognize sets and uh, make the assumption that even if they couldn't hear the call, they were going to have to play the adjustment call. Did you guys, when did you get confident in that last minute? Did you get confident after the kick or were you still a little nervous? Oh, I was nervous. I mean, you know, anytime there's time in the clock in this league, uh, you can score points. And, and we weren't ahead enough, you know, to worry about anything. Because Agley is a great athlete and, you know, he can beat you any time. 
you know, until it was over, you know, I was nervous. And I'll tell you, this team is a very deserved winning team. You had a tremendous season. You were justifiably uh, the Grey Cup Eastern representatives, as were the BC Lions, because the two top teams met. And it's, I think it's kind of fitting it should end one point difference. Well, it was it was a great game. You know, I hope it was entertaining for everybody. Uh, uh, you know, they've had a great season, and, and we had a great season in the East. And, and uh, I think people expect that kind of a game. You know, it was a one-point game, and I don't think anybody left the ballpark today. And what a marvelous place to play, isn't it? Oh, it's a beautiful facility. You know, if, if it could, if the governments all over the league could handle something like that in every home park, I'll tell you, it's wonderful. I agree. Ken, congratulations again. Thank you. I'd just like to say hi to everybody back home in Regina. Thank well, you very well much. Well deserved. Brian? All right, Al. Talking about governments building stadiums, I got a couple of fellas here. Mayor Art Eggleton, Metro Toronto Chairman Paul Godfrey. What does it say? It says uh, we need, and the obvious thing after today is a dome. All right, you guys. We know we need a dome in Toronto. The fans in southern Ontario know it. When are you guys going to get with it and get one built? Well, I think that once uh, Mr. McCauley reports, we're ready to go. We he just got to decide that Exhibition Place is the right place to build it, and then we're ready to go. Art and I are going to be pushing very hard for it. Now that Toronto has always been called Toronto the good, now it's Toronto the best. All right, Mayor Eggleton, the fans, I'm sure, back in Toronto want to know, is this just talk, or are we finally going to see a dome? I, I think we're going to see one. We've proven now that after 31 years we can win the Grey Cup. We won it in a dome. The first team to do that, and I hope we're going to have one in Toronto before long. How about you? Oh, I'm, I'm just eating, breathing, and living a dome. Al McCann, as we uh, move around in the dressing room, uh, let's switch over to Al. Thank you, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I've got Paul Pearson here, uh, another veteran member of the Argonaut team. Paul, I want to talk about that, that big play pass you made that actually it set up a touchdown. That was a big play. Yeah, we, we were trying to work a hitch and go to Jeff Towns on the outside because you'll get Jojo, Jojo to jump up on him. And uh, uh, Melvin Burr, I think his name is, he rotated out, and so the seam in the middle was wide open, and Joe threw a nice pass, and I was fortunate enough to catch it. Did they give you some, uh, did they surprise you a little bit with their defensive sets, especially in the first half, Paul? A little bit they did. They, they were so concerned with the outside people that I thought the inside was open a lot more than it normally is. They kept so, uh, throwing in an extra defensive back here and there. You, you never knew. Yeah, it confuses a little bit, but basically the inside's open because they're so concerned with Terry Greer. Does it make much of an adjustment to you as a receiver when you change quarterbacks like you did? Uh, not really. I'm basically a zone receiver in most, in most cases, so I just find the open spot and hopefully the quarterback can find me. Got to be a heck of a thrill because you guys have now captured the, the magic formula of coming from behind. Last yeah. week from even farther behind. Yeah, we've been, doing, we've been very lucky so far. It's been a heck of a season for you, though, Paul. Yeah, thanks very much. I'm really happy, Bob. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Paul Pearson. Brian? At a couple of quarterback sacks, you are a former British Columbia Lion. An especially good afternoon for you. Well, it was tremendously well for me, you know, and exceptional because I started with the Lions this year after being out of football for three years, and I, they released me after ten games, and I had an opportunity to come back and play well against them, and I wanted to do that, and I think I did that today. You know, we have the Grey Cup now, and that was our goal this afternoon. Tell me, how many games have you played for the Argos? Is this three now? This is my fourth game with the Argos and stuff. I, I missed the first game that I was with them. I was on reserve, and they started me after that, and I've been playing ever since. You know DeWalt very well. Are you surprised the way he was able to pick apart your secondary? Well, he really didn't pick it apart that much. If you look at it, they only scored two touchdowns. They got what they're going to get, you know. You, two touchdowns is not that tremendous in the CFL. You know, you hold somebody to that, you'd have had a good defensive day. You'd like to say hello to someone? I'd like to say hello to my dad. Once I'd never say hi to him on TV and my mom and family. All right. Thank you very thank much. You. Congratulations, James Curry. Al McCann, who do we have here? As time is uh, quickly winding down, Terry Greer up, is uh, on his way. I don't ahead. know if you he's going to make it. Uh, no, let's uh, hang on here just a minute. Uh, 
They're fighting their way hang through on, the crowd. They're trying to fight their way through the crowd. Um, hang on, we're looking. Here he comes. Where Here is Terry comes. Greer? Come on, Terry, let's get up here. Come on, we'll only shoot you from the shoulders up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Terry Greer, congratulations. <laughs> I tell you, it's uh, really a great feeling. Uh, I guess something we worked for hard all year, and finally we accomplished it. Uh, we took things one at a time. Our first goal was to get first place in the East, and we did that, and we came out. And our second goal was to win the Eastern Final, and we did that. And, um, and then we had the ultimate goal, to win the Great Cup. And uh, it didn't come uh, easy, but we won it. Why were you so flat in the first half? The well, well, really, I guess they, they really concentrated on taking me out of the offense. They double-teamed me and, um, on second down, and we really couldn't adjust to what they was doing. And uh, finally, we came in the second half and adjusted to it, and we came out and moved the ball. Joe did a great job. When you didn't win that Shenley Award on Thursday night, you told me it really doesn't matter. If I get a great cup, I'm going to be happy. Is yeah. it now this yeah. week? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm definitely happy about this. Uh, I get a ring, and that's all I really care about. This is a team sport, and uh, I feel great about it because it was a team effort, and I got the green. All right, Terry, congratulations. John, or Al, I'm going to get dry. Right off here, wipe okay, off the champagne. Brian, you I take got it John Palazzetti here, John. I know you got to be thrilled. It's been a long wait for you to an eighth season. You got a great cup. Well, I'll tell you the truth. That the first year I was 76 with Ottawa, and that was a great victory in that great cup. And this oh, is my right. second one. That's right. My I second one. That's Ottawa. And that was, yeah, that that's was, uh, right. I played fullback that year, too, and then I went over the linebacker, so it's uh, the second time I fullback. So hey, John, a little bit colder the last time you went. It is just a beautiful place to play. Oh, it, it's super. It's, you couldn't uh, pick a better spot. Uh, unfortunately, it rained a few days on us, but uh, you, it's great in here as far as uh, weather condition, everything. It's just the perfect conditions for a game. Well, John, this could be the start of a dynasty. This is a good football team. Oh, they got a great young team here, and uh, I'm just happy to oh. be here for the... For this year and with them and and hopefully they go on to a lot of better better things. John, congratulations. Thank again. you very much. Okay, up to John Wells. For most of the afternoon, it looked rather bleak for the long-suffering Argo fans back home, but in the end, the double blue came roaring back to crush the dreams of the hardy BC Lions. I don't suppose that after 31 years of frustration that anyone would expect the Argos to finally win the Grey Cup the easy way. This day, it was not an easy victory. But maybe because of that, the victory will be doubly sweet for the double blue. The last Toronto Grey Cup win over three decades ago at a tiny stadium known as Varsity. Today, under this magnificent dome in BC, the Argos have finally erased the memory of a long-suffering, bitter struggle for the Grey Cup. It has been a great afternoon for everyone involved in football in Canada.